in five, four, three, two, one. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos and motor hits, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, welcome in everybody, it's Thursday, November 9th, aka Glow Game Day, this is the Mike Rutherford Show, coming to you from the world famous University of Louisville College of Business Studios here in Louisville, Kentucky, Cards fans, advance your career without interrupting it with UofL's 20-month professional MBA, the program designed for busy working professionals, combine the experience of a top-rated program with the convenience of evening classes that accommodate your schedule. Connect with industry experts, expand your professional network, and hone your business acumen. Get started today and earn your MBA. Visit business.louisville.edu to find out more. We're on the air today from 3.05 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know what's better as the Big X. It is the game day edition of the Mike Rutherford Show as the cards get ready for Virginia. Coming to town here, kickoff in about four and a half hours on ESPN. It's glow game day. It's get one step closer, maybe kind of like all but lock up, a trip to the ACC championship game, a lot at stake, a lot to talk about, a lot of fun to be had. Before we do any of it, got to say hi to our old friend, the big guy, Trevor Kelsey. How are you on this Thursday? How you feeling? What's the mood on game day? I'm ready to get my glow on, baby. He's glowed up. I'm glowed up. He's glowed up. Let's get it on, G-L-O-W, baby. The man who's always glowing. All up in the grill. (laughs) He's, he's always glowing. I'm glowing, baby. But especially today, he's glowed up. How's your Wednesday, Trev? A lot better than my Tuesday. That's comforting because Tuesday was like the worst day I've ever heard of. So Tuesday was all the bad. Good. It was all the bad vibes out of the way for the week. Wednesday was smooth. Got home. Ate a little. Got some Chinese last night. Thought of you. Uh, you let me know. You texted me. I know. I did. I, I was like, hey, you've inspired me. Your, your week long trip through uh, the Asian cuisine has made me want to get it today. Uh, so I got that, and then I uh, watched some wrestling. Uh, finished season one of uh, Upload. Halfway through season two now, Upload. Good lord! They're only thirty minute episodes though. Still, how many episodes? Uh, Ten in each season. It's still a lot of a lot of TV. It's impressive. Well, technically, it's computer because it's on Prime, but nonetheless, okay. <laughs> and then, uh, but yeah, then I just kind of actually kind of crashed a little early. I guess made the Chinese and everything mixed. That I was asleep by one thirty. Look at you! Yeah, I think you were asleep earlier than I was. Wow, that's amazing. So how how was uh, how was day three, of Mr. Nanny? Uh, it was poor Virginia's sick. Like she she's feel be- she feels better today. But I got home last night and she was like, "Have you ever had a house with two healthy kids?" Well, we talked about this. No, okay. like okay. It's, yeah, no. It's, that's, <laughs> you asked the same question yesterday and the day before, and the answer both times was no. 
Uh, I walk in yesterday. She's asleep on the couch. I was like, oh, this is this is not good. And poor thing. She's like, she's trying. You can tell she's burning up. She's very warm. And she's doing this whole thing where she's like, I'm like, can we get you to eat a little bit? Like, do you want a little like smoothie, like a little yogurt? And she's like, not right now, daddy. She's like, I just, I just feel very tired. And I felt so bad for her. She was trying so hard to like get up and eat and, and socialize. And she just didn't have it in her. So she went to sleep at like 645. And we think it's the same bug that her cousin had a few days ago. And we're like, you know, Audrey apparently just like slept it off for a full day and she was better. So we're like, maybe if she just, just sleeps. So she went to bed like Anytime 645. Has some, you can always almost assume Virginia's going to have it and vice versa, right? Yeah, that's the way it works. Okay. It's, it's kids. Yeah, they, they go to school. Exactly. It's basically a Petri dish. So you know, we have we have three kids now basically in three different classes that are together every single day in our house, <laughs> which means you get three different yeah. We get the emails every single day from one of their classes like, oh, this there's been a positive case of pink eye in the class. There's been a positive case of RSV. This kid has pneumonia. And you're just like, well, we're, we're definitely getting some of this. We're not sure what, what it's going to be, but... Uh, but yeah, she was not feeling well yesterday. She went to sleep very early. She feels a lot better today, which is good. But you know, you've got the the difference. You know, she's four. She's going to bed at six forty five. John's two. He's going to bed at like eleven because he just is, is my ref- boy refusing to sleep. It was actually it was more like nine last night, which was was okay. It was better last night, but uh, it was yeah, it was it was a fine night. My in laws stayed over, which was great. They helped out because uh, okay. they were babysitting today, which was great. So it was it was nice to have them around. It was always more fun. Always help happy to have the help around. So it was good. It was it was not a, a terrible night outside of Virginia, just not feeling well and coughing up a lung and not letting me sleep because she's just she's also the sweatiest sleeper of all time. She just like she I can't tell if she's sick or if she's just like normal because she sweats buckets regardless and she just sleeps on top of you the whole time. So it was, is that from you or Mary? Uh Mary. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm just I, I, if she would have got it from me if it was in my situation because I'm, I'm kind of sweaty. Like Mary would admit that they both they both <laughs> sleep very warm and right. so yeah yeah she definitely she's 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 a sweater for sure. But she, uh, yeah, she was very active last night. So sleep wasn't great, but no real complaints. We've, we almost made it to the home stretch here. Mommy will be home soon. Thank God. We, we FaceTimed her this morning. The kids are very excited for her to come back. Good. Yeah, so it, it, we're, we're almost there. Get through the glow game. We're, we're there. I wonder what disease she's going to bring back with her this time. Uh, well, you, funny you say that because somebody <laughs> she texted me yesterday and was like, I was with this uh, her, her coworker, Nina, and she's like, and Nina just tested positive for COVID. So... She brought COVID back last time. It was like right when I was starting to like feel a little bit better. We all got COVID. It reset all of my long COVID stuff. I've been in hell ever since. I, I felt... You've the, been doing better though recently, right? I was going to say, the last three weeks have been the yeah. best I've felt overall in, in a year and a half. That's because of Brom. Which is perfect timing for her to potentially bring back COVID from another... She was, she was <laughs> like, if I get it... She tested last night and she didn't have it. But she was like, if I get it, I'm just not going next year. I was like... Please do, please. Like if you get it, you're not coming home next week. I, like, I, I, I mean, I, you joke. Like I was like, you know, why don't you just hang around DC for like four or five more days? Because I would rather deal with the kids by myself than than get COVID again and have all this bleep start back up or potentially get even worse. So we'll see. Hopefully, she she stays. She comes home and you've turned into like a, a plastic all over the walls and floors and stuff. I mean, last time she came home, I wore a mask for like a, a week straight, like for Thanksgiving through Thanksgiving, and then I still ended up getting it a week later than everybody else. Uh, but she's like, you know, I had a girlfriend once who had me do that. Yeah, she's like, well, she's work, like, well, man, we'll like, we'll try to stay away from each other. But like, she's so far so good. So I'm hoping for the best there. But yeah, I mean, you knew it was a risk when she went and did this. Left and, the house. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you can't really. At some point, you just got to be like, well, got to do what you got to do, and just hope for the best. Fingers crossed. But uh, we'll see how that happens. But happy to have her back, regardless. Even if we have to keep her in the basement for a few days, that's fine. <laughs> it'll be good. It'll be it's all got good. Cable. It'll be all good. There's, uh, there's internet down there. It's okay. It's not like it's a dungeon. Let's start the the game day discussion with this. TK, your 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 conf- the TK confidence level meter. Okay. No, was was 
lower than anybody expected yesterday. A lot of people reach out. I had hundreds of calls about this, Trev. Really? Is that why you went on the Chuck Oliver show? Hundreds of people called was, me was yesterday. That, was that was the point of the interview there this morning was to talk about my confidence level? They asked. By the way, Chuck Oliver had some weird questions. Did he really? He just like, he was like very like, and it was, it was an interesting interview. I was not expecting it. And a lot of kind of like, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good old boy college football show. He is, yeah. He a is. lot of kind of like head pat, like, oh, like y'all are adorable, like type things. I was, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. Anyways. Are you going to send me next time now? Uh, you, you're welcome to go on, yeah. Thanks. I can be pretty mean to you, probably, but he, uh, yeah, he was. It, it was fine. I, I enjoy the time. He seems like a good guy, but it was, it was a lot of just like you know. Seems like Louisville gets good every now and then, and then it gets really bad. I'm like, well, you're not wrong, but can we, like, kind of like most programs. I was like, we're pretty good right now. Let's talk about that. Uh, but you yesterday, yes, I was surprised at how low your confidence level for this game was. The hundreds of callers that I got about this last night were surprised about this. You were like a 7.3 or something. It was 0.3 or 0.4. I can't remember. It was one of the two, yeah. Which is not ridiculous, but no. compa- we've had much closer games. Like you, I mean, you were, again, you were a 10 for the Georgia Tech game for the first week. You were like an 8.9 last week against Virginia Tech. I think you were like a 9-something against Duke. So you are. I was. I was. In, I was in there nine or above for both Tech and Duke. Actually, yeah. You were. So you are. You are very low. Typically, though, when we get to the pregame show. Whatever you've been at goes up a little bit. It does. How are you feeling today? Where's scale of one to ten? One, no chance we win. Ten, no chance we lose. Where's TK feeling today? I'm, I'm just, I, and of course, I will give our scores predictions later in the end of the show. But I'll say this: like my, my confidence level has two different meters at this point. Like confidence in winning, I'm at eight point nine. Well, that's what this whole thing's about. Okay, but I'm just, I, I'm worried there could be. I'm, I'm not, I'm not very confident on the on the cover though. That's fine. That's a different. That's okay. different. We're, we're just trying to win. And we're survive in advanced mode. We don't care about covering. And I'm not saying, even though it's 8.9, I'm thinking it might not be pretty. I'm fine with that. Okay. But give me a reason why. Just just overall vibes? You just don't feel like, I just feel you feel like, like we're com- due for a letdown I, game? I, I feel like, I'm, and this, I'm not putting this all on plumber, but I'm just saying that I, I feel like it's not a plumber game, but I can, I just I, I feel like there's going to be a little bit of sloppiness, whether it be a fumble or an interstate. We, we, get a tur- we, we, tur- we, we shoot ourselves in the foot maybe once or twice when we shouldn't. Okay, I mean, I don't, I don't hate that, but and I don't even know if I would give it credit to the defense and be more sloppy offense. No offense to Virginia, not that I really care, but you know, I, I just, I don't know. And I know that obviously defensively they have been, I think the the nicest way to put it is in shambles, maybe. Bad. But yeah, um, which also tells me maybe you kind of do maybe a little bit of a, a little bit of a, of a resistant game on the defensive side. I don't know. I just, I, I, I worry that we're the global is not only as a fan base but as a team is maybe overlooking this too much. And I'm hoping that also Brom is the coach that I know he is and will maybe straighten him out from that. Are you ready for a very Michael Scott analysis from me? Yes. The only thing that scares me about this game is the game itself. Is how not scared I am. Okay. <laughs> That's not like a Michael Scott thing. Because like like I am I mean, and you know this about me now. I am I lean more towards like being the cautiously optimistic fan. You do. I'm than, more the optimistic. Yeah. yeah, I'm more I'm, pessimistic. Is too strong. Like when I think we're going to win. Like last week, I thought we were going to win the Duke game. I thought we were going to win, but I picked it to be a, a relatively close game. I think I said like 30-26 for for Virginia Tech and like thirty to twenty for Duke. Or maybe thirty twenty. Maybe one score game. Whatever it was. Like you get the point. We dominate both those games. I, I thought we were going to lose Notre Dame. We dominate Notre Dame. When I felt good about things, I feel like we've played worse this season. Like I, I thought that Indiana was going to be tough; it, they they were tough. Uh, but I but I thought like we were going to beat Georgia Tech by more than we did. Every, of course, everybody did. Like I'm not going to hold myself. But like BC, I thought maybe would be a little bit closer than it was. My point is like I look at this game 
And I'm like, they don't stop the run at all. Georgia Tech ran all over them last week. We've got a much, much, much better rushing attack, even if Jawar Jordan's limited tonight, than, than Georgia Tech does or than some of these other teams that, that have played Virginia do. Even if things go poorly, even if Jack Plummer doesn't play well, even if the receivers aren't stepping up, even if Jamari Thrash doesn't play, offensive line has a little bit of an off game, we should be able to run all over these guys. That is why I find it hard to envision a scenario where we lose. Now, the the the, the thing that also worries me is I kind of felt the same way about the pick game. Like I, I was nervous about going up there and the trap game and the elements and the turf and the injuries and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I was like, Pitt's just not good. And I was like, we should be able to, to get it done. We made some really bad self-inflicted mistakes that cost us that game. And I do think there were a couple of calls that, that, that allowed Pitt to stay in it when they probably shouldn't have early on. So I'm not saying like we're going to just waltz in this game. I'm saying we should waltz in this game. They are turnover prone. Virginia is. Both their quarterbacks, they, they, they keep acting like the uh, Calan- Calandria, whose name I, I just can never get right, the freshman quarterback. Like He's so much more turnover prone than the Tony Musket, the, the, the veteran quarterback. So if he plays... It could be a feast or famine day. Like they both have been turnover prone. They've turned the ball over at least once in every game except the home opener against Tennessee. Yeah, I mean their quarterbacks have thrown a combined, I think, thirteen interceptions. Everyone's talking about, you know, Tony Muskets is is better with the ball. He's thrown five picks and six touchdowns. The mm-hmm. Calandria kid has thrown seven interceptions and seven touchdowns. I don't think it's really that much different. We've been an opportunistic defense. We've picked off ten passes. Like my, my this is all a very long winded way of saying on paper. There is nothing about this game that should really scare Louisville fans. It would just be, like you said, just one of those, we've been so sound fundamentally, we're due for a game where we have some, some bad penalties, we have a, a ball not bounce our way, we have a bad turnover, you know, whatever the reason is. Maybe they just have they hit on a big play, kind of a fluky play. Some pit stuff starts happening again, and then it's closer than you expect. Because Virginia, for all their, their flaws, three of their four conference losses, they've lost by exactly three points, and their one conference win was over North Carolina when they were number 10 in the country. So it's not like they can't be competitive in a game like this. I will say this, and I told you this is one thing that worries me about if we turn the ball over. It, Virginia's defense is forced to turn at least one turnover in six games. In those six games, two of them they won, and all of them except for the Tennessee game were three-point games. So well, that's we, not all that. I mean, 14-1 turnovers. Not, we've, we've forced turnover in every game but one, too. Well, well I mean, they've also gone three games without turning a ball over and turned the ball over every time in each game. So, I mean, I'm just – that's what worries me. We get they, – they seem to be – when they can get a turnover, they can at least play close. As you mentioned, they've played close in most of their games. I mean, lost James Madison only by points. They, they lost to North, NC State by three, lost to Boston College by three. I know those aren't the best teams. Lost to Miami by three just two weeks ago. I mean, those. I mean, they've they've kept games close, which is why I'm worried about. Which is why I'm not confident about the spread, but confident about a win. But also, when you're in a close game, confidence or not, anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, you just, you look at this like again, the numbers on paper. They're 89th in total defense. They're 88th in total offense. So people keep talking about the defense being so bad, and then I look at them like, well, the the offense it is no, is it much, not better. much better. No, they're they're an equally bad team. I mean, that's why they're two and seven. Yeah, the, you, you don't get to two and seven by having great numbers. <laughs> you know, that's it's yeah, not. This guy's going to be gone after this year anyway. I don't think that's true. You don't think, you think they'll give Tony another third year? I think they'll give him a third year. I think they, they no, have maybe. to. You also, I mean, bad though. But yeah, but you have to take into account, and I wasn't going to bring this up that early, like kind of what they're still dealing with from what happened last year. You know, when you have a yeah, but the team was bad before that happened. Doesn't matter. I mean, okay. they they canceled the season because a former player shot and killed. The three last, three players. Was it the last? It was the last two games, I think, or last the last game? two games. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, they weren't having a good year. No, they were. Three they also seven. they were a lot like last year too, where they had. I think they've had 
he's one and seven in one score games. Like they lost a ton of one score games. And when something like that happens, like it's it's going to be really tough to play through. I think they're still dealing with the fallout from all of that. And and so again, I'm not saying that they're like they've been great, but I, I that's why I think he's going to definitely get a third year because I mean, people they, see what he's what, he, what he's coaching through. I'd right be now. more welcome to give him a third year. I don't think he's any good of a coach. So I mean, keep him as long as you want. I mean. Then again, it is you looking through Virginia's school history. They have been very patient with coaches that don't produce. Well, because they've never been good. I mean, yeah, Michael. I mean, from Mike London. To, I mean, Bronco Mendel got let go because he kept going six and six. I mean, right now they'd be desperate for six wins. Yeah, Virginia, by the way, is one hundred twenty third in turnover margin. So if they do, if they were able to flip that a little bit, we've been well. They turned the ball over a lot too. Yeah, yeah, we've only lost the we've we've only lost the turnover battle in one game this year, and it was the pit game, the only game that we've lost. So if they were able to get a couple of fluky plays, I think that's why you're going to see Jeff Brom. Like people want to see some new wrinkles, maybe a little bit. Like maybe this is the game they turn Jack Plummer loose. I'm like, ah, I'm like just. We'll have plenty of time to do that. Down these next three games, you're gonna have plenty of opportunities to see Jack Plummer throw the ball and the offense do some different things. Let's. It's a short week. It's a game that we should be able to overmatch our opponent in. Let's go ahead and just keep it simple for one more week. I, I don't think that you're gonna see Jeff do anything that he hasn't been doing the last couple of games if he doesn't have to. I, I think it's a. It's another kiss game. It's another keep it simple, stupid. Like just do whatever you gotta do. Let the defense and running game control things. As far as Injuries are concerned because a couple of people reached out and said, I got hundreds of calls about this too, Trev. Hundreds of calls. Man, your phone didn't stop ringing last night, did it? Me and Kenny Payne just getting hundreds of calls every night. <laughs> but, <laughs> Some of them are the wrong number for Kenny Payne. <laughs> yeah. Hundreds of people saying, you know, you talked about the injuries last week. What's up with the injuries this week? Nothing really. Like, like nothing no. new. I, I mean, Jarvis Brantley's not going to play tonight. He, he's still out. Everybody else, it's the same thing as last week. Which is good news. Like you know, I'd be concerned if we were hearing more injury stuff. I think that Jawar, like from this point forward, just assume that Jawar Jordan and Brian Hudson haven't really been practicing. Hudson's not practicing at all, but Jordan's playing. Yeah, yeah, practicing a limited amount. Like they're going to be dealing with these injuries. I think for the rest of the season, Um, Willie Tyler, I think is the same as last week. I think he should be good to go. Thrash, I'll be surprised if he plays. I won't be shocked if he plays, but I'll be surprised if he plays. So we'll see. I, I think the Jordan thing will be on a need to use basis if he's feeling as good as he did last week and he's like i can give it a go i think you trot him out there in the first series i think you play him a little bit in the first half and then if it becomes obvious that we're going to run away with this thing and that isaac grando is feeling it again i I think you go ahead and just shelve him and say let's get this extra rest we got two big games to wrap this regular season up and then hopefully a conference championship game we need you for for bigger and better days ahead let's just go ahead and save those legs because grando and, and, and turner and company can handle this so I, th- I think that's what I think you'll see Jawar no play tonight, that. but it'll be limited. And, and honestly, like like same thing with with Jamari. If he didn't play tonight, I wouldn't be shocked by that either. Yeah, I'd be okay if they wanted to sit Jamari just in general. I know I know I shouldn't say that be with my with my lack of confidence, but I still I, I, even without Jamari, Jamari, I think this team we should it should it shouldn't affect us losing to Virginia. It shouldn't. It's, I mean, we look we beat Virginia Tech by thirty one without him last week. I think Virginia Tech is a much better team. They are. And like I said earlier, I think the offensive game plan is going to wind up being sort of the same. I don't think that unless the game plays out differently than the last two, I don't think they're going to ask Jack to throw it a ton. And look, we threw it 12 times last week. A bunch of guys stepped up at wide receiver with Jamari out. You saw Jaden Thompson do some stuff. You saw Chris Bell step up. Um, you still have Amari Huggins-Bruce out there. Uh, you know, we, We've got guys. We, we've got a, a number of options to go to. If with this limited passing attack, and if Virginia sells out to stop the run, they're like, you know what, we're not going to let you run for 200 yards on us. We're putting nine guys in the box, which I'm sure not even that would help. But if they did do that, 
I think we have the weapons still, even without Jamari, to beat them over the top and, and make them pay for that. And I think Plummer, like if you if he has a guy wide open downfield, you know, he's he's missed a couple of them this year, but he's he's still more likely than not to he can make that throw. I will say this if we if we can get up fourteen nothing, uh, we are cruising. Yeah, There's totally no agree. Totally agree. If we get, we go up fourteen nothing on this team in the first half. And if you look back at what Virginia's done this year when they have fallen behind early, which honestly, I mean, like I said, because they have had a lot of close games, hasn't happened a lot. But the few they have fallen behind early are the ones that they they got. I think the two games they got really blown out in, and that's except for James Madison, they did come back in that one a little bit. But yeah, Tennessee twenty one three at halftime. Yeah, uh, Maryland was you know, they, they lost forty two to fourteen in that game. I think NC State might have been a little an exception because I think they were up like twenty one uh, twenty one on them and they came back and. Cut that game close, but I was thinking back. The Maryland game was an exception. Yeah, the Maryland, UVA was up fourteen seven at the end of the first quarter, and it was tied at halftime. They scored twenty in the fourth quarter, I think. Yeah, that's Maryland though. Maryland's a weird team. And then last week, it was very much a like Georgia Tech lit them up in the second quarter, and then it was done. So I, and, and with Louisville, I mean, whether that's Virginia's them or not, but it, but it is Louisville's. And with Louisville's defense, if you can get fourteen up, then we can pin our ears back on our defense. Then, then I tell you what, I'm not, I'm not a God fearing man, but I'll pray for that team's quarterback. Yeah, I mean, that's how we've won games all year long. Yeah. It, it, the only game I mentioned the turnover battle, losing that. The only time we did it was against Pitt. Also, the only time that we've allowed first quarter points this year against yeah. Pitt. We've been, I mean, we've been so good against everybody else. Um, you know, we're outscoring teams sixty nine to seven, giggity, in the, in the first quarter, and that's like you said, Jeff Brom has allowed the defense to set the tone, and this team has been really good at playing from ahead. Like we have not, you know, we, we let up a little bit. In the, I guess, the Indiana game in the second half, still we and, built up enough of a, a lead to to hold on. Like the, and Pitt's 17 third quarter points was an 86 yard interception and two short fields off of uh, fumbles. Yeah, I mean, we, we still should have won the big yeah. game. There's, there's no excuse for it. I think the one thing that does concern me with playing the way that we're playing right now and with the new rule changes is that if you do have, uh, let's say we have a fluky balance, like ball hits the ground, we give up a fumble, Plummer throws a bad pass, and we're asking him to do a little bit. And Virginia does have a lead, and it's kind of a back and forth game. I mean, Jeff was talking about it after the Virginia Tech game. We only had three possessions in in the the Same, second half of that game, which is nuts. Like you have, you do have a razor thin margin for error with these new rules, and also the style of play that we have. And look, Virginia's going to run it a lot tonight too. So you have the, the clock is going to be running a ton in this game. And so if you do have a couple of those mistakes, it's why like not turning the ball over is so imperative. And I think it's it's one of the biggest reasons why Brom has really simplified the offensive attack and said, look, as long as we don't give them the ball, like we're going to be okay. We just we have to clean up the Jack Plummer mistakes, and so we're going to ask him to do less moving forward. Now, I don't think that that's a recipe that can work against everybody, but it certainly worked the last couple of weeks, and I think it has a strong chance to work again tonight. He said that stat. I was one of those ones where I was like, wait, no same. way that's real. Yeah, I did the same thing. Like, do I need to go back and watch the game and call BS on this? And I didn't do it, but I started. I mean, he'd know better than I would. And, but it, I mean, I guess we did. I, mean, I saw Kelly Dickey say that it was like the fat, like in terms of overall speed of play, it was the fastest game that we've played in like 15 years. We or did something. finish under two, three hours, didn't we? Yeah, it was like two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, which is pretty rare. Yeah. It's nuts. It's I mean, not you games go four hours. I mean, I mean, back in the day, before the rule changes, like we had. I mean, I remember that that, that being the, the the clock stopping on first down. Yeah, like, like yeah. We, I feel like over four hours was kind of the norm at that point. I mean. I, like I, I don't get me wrong, like I loved the game, but I'll never forget the the ABC Clemson Louisville game in 2016, the Deshaun Watson Lamar game. Like walking out of that stadium, it was like 12:45 in the morning. I was like, Good set, Lord. set up your DVR to always record three hours. Oh past yeah, the stop time. You, you, yeah, add 30 minutes. Hell with that. Like I'm, I'm adding an hour and a half. I had like three hours to it. Yeah, I always do. I would add the max. Sorry. Uh, I mean, when they originally made the change of the no like clock stopping on first down, were you? I can't. Were you against it or were you for it? I don't like it. 
I didn't. I mean, I've got. I'm used to it now, and I'm I'm okay with it. But I still like. I guess because I do like the, the the quicker games. It is nice. It speeds up the game for I, sure. I but guess like, I have my team. Like, I, like I'm fine with the games being long. Like, like I like it when I'm watching. I don't know, like Florida versus Ole Miss, a game that I don't really care that much about. But for my game, like I'm, you know, I'm fine with it lasting three yeah. and a half hours. I mean, I, but it, it still stops in like it's under two minutes, right? Under two minutes in the yeah second and fourth quarter. So I mean, it's I guess maybe that's why I haven't noticed it as much because it does still stop when it when it matters most. I guess. Yeah. So you got our first break. When we come back, I have a few additional thoughts. We'll talk a little about the glow game stuff that's going on. Hopefully you're out of the stadium listening to this. I'm hoping you're off work. Maybe doing a little tailgating, blasting us over the loudspeakers. And Reiner, Card March is going down at 5 o'clock. Make sure you check that out and support the boys. You know what's up at 5? What? If I, we will be going on WGTK for uh, your little pre- pre-game, pre-game show. The pre-pre-game. The pre-pre-game. We'll have to clean it up. Five o'clock. Pre-pre-mature. Enjoy. Okay, well, we'll get all that out of your system now. Oh, I'm getting it out. All right. <laughs> We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk more Louisville, Virginia here on the pre-pre-game day edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1. The Big X. Bring it to the Sporting Goods is Southern Indiana's team sports specialist. Com. They'll never leave you in the dark. Let the world see what you made of. His love's alive in your deepest part. Like a flame, like a burning star, you can shine right where you are. It made you to glow in the dark. There it is. I started off and I was like, this is not the typical Trevor Game Day music. And then I was like, I bet there's something about like glowing. <laughs> and sure enough, like, I just held out for it. I didn't say anything. I was like, I'm going to hold out here and see what happens. You know I'm going to queue it up to where it at least comes near it. And there it is. <laughs> there it is. In it case is- you're wondering, every day, well, except for the 5 o'clock hour, because those are safe for Game Day songs, uh, everything has glow in the, in the title. Are we allowed to do We Ready on 970? We, go, we, we going to. <laughs> I mean, we're, it's, it's, our, it's our 530 song. Hope you're ready for it. I figure, you know, we'll do, for every game day, is the 5 o'clock hour is Joker, since it's the third quarter setup. And then we do We Ready at uh, the last song to get ready. Man, I'm not, the, the weird thing, we're getting to the point in the college football season, and I say this every single year, because the the preview portion, which is essentially like April through August, it feels so long. It, like It is the longest stretch of time on the sports calendar year, and you know we're sitting here in, in May, and it's like, man, like let's talk about the schedule. Like, I think what's the toughest stretch of the schedule? And everyone's doing all these preview pieces and, and this stuff. And when you get to a hundred games, a hundred days away from the first game, you're like, we've almost made it, which is ridiculous. It's still three and a half months away. And then you get to the actual season, you're like, we've waited so long for this, and it goes so quick. Like, it, it, yeah, you, I, we're already in week nine of the NFL season. I mean, we yeah, we we are, but like still, like, like that's barely halfway over. Like, you still have seventeen is, weeks, and, and in the whole playoffs and all this stuff, like it lasts for so long. With college football, I mean, you have twelve games in the regular season, and I mean, I remember last year it was September wasn't even over, and we played five games, and you're like, damn, like you look up, and it's the season's like halfway done. The season's is you know almost done, and I'm looking up today, and, and like I feel like we've just started, get, you know, being in the flow and the game day stuff and the game week stuff, and say glow or flow, in the glow flow. 
And now, you know, we've got tonight's game, and I'm so excited about it. And when it's over, you're like, damn, we got two games left in the regular season. No bye week in between either. It's just, just, just two weeks. No bye week. And hopefully this year we get a conference championship game to add the 13th game and then a, a, a big-time bowl game. Uh, and maybe a 15th game if if all if, yeah, everything works out perfectly. But it still is it's strange to be sitting here and thinking, like, I feel like we just kicked off against Georgia Tech. I feel like we were just out there at Elk Run you know, doing the the big X golf scramble and getting ready for the Georgia Tech game, and now I'm looking up and it's like, damn, we could be nine and one after today. No, it's amazing. It's amazing. The two months leading up to the beginning of the season feel like they're just dragging on forever, and here we are now, two months in the season. I feel like it's been two minutes. It does, and I think I think it feels that way, especially right now, because I, we're doing I'm, well. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm looking around. And I'm like, I don't want this to end. You know, these games yeah. have been the most fun I've had watching Louisville football in a long, long time. I think everybody who's going to the games is saying. The game day experience is the best and the most fun they've had in a long time. I think you're like there's a new generation of fans. You know, with with us, you've had eras here and there where it's been like going to games has been the cool thing to do. Like I remember, we bought season tickets when I was in my mid twenties. Even before then, like when I was in college, if you were in town, like you wanted to go to a Louisville football game. They were good. It was fun. You, know, you could drink. You, you know, it was just it was a big time party atmosphere. And then when the team has been bad, and then in recent years when the team has been just okay and nobody likes Scott Satterfield, it's just like nobody's cared. Like, like people haven't gone to wanted to go to games. And I think that that's there's a generation of fans that is like 18, 19, early 20s who, who kind of like they were too young to really fully embrace the the atmosphere of going to games when Teddy was here or even when Lamar was here. And now, like they're getting back into it, where like it's it's the thing that they want to do. Like they want to go to games. Kids want to go to games now, and it's just it's so fun to see that. And it's also fun to think about the fact that it's just year one for Jeff Brom, and that hopefully this is becoming the norm. This is a sign of things to come. Little football is going to get back to being. I'm not just getting back to being one of the big topics in town, but could maybe take this to a, a level where it's never been before. And I think that that's certainly more on the table now than it has been in the past with the expanded playoff. We'll see how conference realignment affects stuff moving forward, but man, like it, it's just like I, I don't want this to end because it, it also means we have to talk basketball the, the rest of the way. <laughs> That's just when it gets bad again. <laughs> but for right now, it's been so much. I mean, like you and I, we've not had like like for my we've had a lot of fun on the show. It's been a lot of self deprecation fun and a lot of weird stuff during the the off seasons. But as far as like getting to embrace a really good U of L spotlight sports season, we haven't had that. Like, like we've we've had. Hey, is this coach going to get? We, we've had like we've had more. Is this coach going to get fired? And who could we potentially hire? Like than in any other period in Louisville sports? Like because both years with Satterfield, it was there was a talk about him leaving or him getting fired, and then he actually did leave. And we you know it was a coaching search. We we, we I mean we started here with Chris Mack riding high, and we thought it was going to go well, and we end up with him leaving in the middle of the season and you know, him getting fired. Like it's just been constant talk about the coach's job security. We haven't had a chance to like really just embrace a successful U of L spotlight sports season, and man, it's been a hell of a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed this. I don't want it to stop. Yeah, I remember why? I remember what makes being a sports fan so much good fun, right? I'd forgotten for a little. Bit. I, I mean, you, me, both. I forget easily, but I've forgotten easily, even <laughs> easier now. Uh, we've got the so, so we got the. Oh, by the way, I was listening to someone. So, and you, you can tell me if I'm crazy or not. We're here. And I don't remember what they were. I, I, I caught the end. Of the, I didn't catch the beginning of the conversation. It was last night. I don't remember what time it was. I was driving around. I was something they won the national shows, and they were talking about some someone's a job opportunity. I don't even remember who they're talking about. They were talking about like I think it was NFL at some point maybe, and they kept talking about like the odds of like the the the, the coach them going after a certain coach. And I, I wish I knew I could hear they were talking about, 
But what brought it up was like Kellen DeBoer was like, I think, three to one. Like, so I'm assuming it was maybe an NFL job. And they went down the list, and like number four on the list was Braum. Mm. And like, I think he's like 13 to one or 12 to one. And I remember thinking to myself, like, normally I would be worried, but I, I don't have this feeling of like warmth over me that like, as well as he's doing in year one, any other coach, I would I would have be like Mr. kind of negative a little bit in the back of my mind going, well, this is great, but is this going to be a one and done year? Sure. I don't have that feeling with Braun. And that's just that that makes this even better, right? I mean, am I am I wrong to no, have you're, that? You're 100 wrong. Okay, good. I mean, is that warmth being like a fake warmth over me? I mean, I think that it's just like when I'm thinking I'm peeing myself when they put that stuff in me at the, at the hospital, <laughs> and I'm not really peeing myself. But like, I, that's the kind of warmth I'm feeling. A little contrast warmth. A little contrast warmth. Yeah. The, I think if you if you can rewind the clock back to. December of 2020, when the Scott Satterfield, the dalliance, you're not allowed to use any other word, the dalliance with South Carolina. I think dalliance works perfect with Satterfield, by the way. I don't know why. It, it, it does. It feels like a set, like dalliance. Oh, we don't we don't talk about flirtations <laughs> around here in South Carolina. We talk about dalliances. All right, Boghorn Lakehorn. That's what I say. I say, I'd like to have a dalliance with your daughter. Um, I don't know where that came from. It came from the heart. It was beautiful. It really did. Thank you. South Carolina. Uh, the reason why you know people would nationally would be like, why are Louisville fans so pissed off about this? It's a it's a coach trying to leverage his position into a, a you know a, a better contract. It, maybe he was serious. Maybe he wants to get back to South Carolina. Maybe he was serious about getting to the SEC. Like why are I think part of it that they wouldn't understand is you know we've been so hurt by these situations. We have so much PTSD from every time that we've gotten good at football. Every time we feel like we've been on the precipice of doing something great consistently as a football program we've had the coach who's been responsible for it up and leave for seemingly greener pastures right like you know Howard left us for Oklahoma John L left us for Michigan State Howard's were the weird exceptions we kind of right we we forced his hand a little bit but but you see what I mean still it still works like you know Bobby left for for the Falcons Charlie left for Texas and so forth and so on and so you know we're just you know we and even it was it was almost insulting because you know Satterfield it was like cool you had a good year in year one and a crappy year in year two you haven't really earned the right to break our hearts yet like you you didn't do what john l did for the program you let's didn't not, do what bobby did for the program time of the ball game too which yeah can't help, I mean. you didn't do what charlie did for the program you haven't taken us to those heights and also south carolina really like when people leave us they leave us for the falcons in texas like we're not talking about south carolina <laughs> and so i think that that was louisville <laughs> yeah. fans were maybe more pissed off than a similar fan base like a similar stature fan base would be in that same exact situation but we had the history to back that up, and we had reason to be pissed off. It also it also didn't help that, and I think, it's, and it's true. I think a little bit that Satterfield still wasn't the coach. A lot of people wanted they wanted Brom at that point. I think Satterfield was still, even in my eyes, he was always kind of behind the eight ball a little bit with me because of that. Yeah, but, but where I'm going is, I, I do think that I'm just saying that doesn't part, help. No, it's for sure. A, a large part of the reason for enthusiasm right now, which is about as high as I've ever seen it collectively as a fan base when it comes to U of L football is centered around just what you talked about. The, the the comfort in seeing us have this successful season and not even have it be a discussion of, oh, I hope that so-and-so doesn't come calling. You know, that like Auburn may be in need of a new head coach soon. I wonder if Jeff will be on that short list. Because every time that we've been really good at football, like that's been something that we've yeah. had to talk about. And we've had to do the whole thing where it's like, 
I, I'm just trying to enjoy it. We'll think about that when we have to think about it. I mean, even before the, the, the life of being a mid-major. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, Charlie had the Tennessee flirtation before the Texas. Even before coaches have actually left us, they've <laughs> always flirted. I mean, Bobby had 50 flirtations. John L. was rumored as a candidate a couple of times before he finally left for Michigan State. Like, it's just, it's always been a conversation that's been in the back of our mind. I feel like we can enjoy this run. Of course, which left us for IU. Yeah, which has the potential to get to, like, you know, this could be a one-loss season. We haven't had one of those in a long, long time. We've had very few of them ever. And, and there's no thought of like, oh, I hope that so and so doesn't come calling. Oops, so and so like he he'd be a great fit here. Like it's just, and it's not just Jeff. It's really the like the entire staff. Like, like so many Louisville guys, so many guys that have ties to the university or the city that I think want to be here for a long time. Now, eventually, if we do keep having this level of success moving forward, are some of these guys going to leave? Of course. Like I, I think that Brian. Like he wants to do his own thing at some point. There's no doubt about that. I think sure he's Ron English will. Yeah, yeah Ron, I mean Ron, Ron English. The, the, the thing that's different about him is he's already had a shot as a head coach. Like I don't know if you know maybe if a big defensive coordinator job came calling, or maybe he would want to give it a second run as a head coach. But you know, he's kind of up there in age now. I mean, maybe he would just say, "Hey, I've got a good situation here. Yeah. If you pay me the right amount, I, I'm going to stay here for a while." But Brian and you know, some of these younger guys, I think they may move up. I think the good thing though is. If you did lose Brian to, let's say, Western came open in the next few years and, and they, they target him, They're like Brian Brom, head coach, you could, I mean, Garrick McGee would be a great offensive coordinator. He's done it here before. I, he had a lot of, uh, for a long time, people thought that he would be the successor to Bobby Petrino whenever Bobby left. Um, I mean, Chris Barclay has done a great job with the running backs. He could step into that role. Like, you have guys that you could promote from within that really, I think, want to be in Louisville for the long haul. And you're right, it, it does make all of this just that much better. I, expect, I mean, I, I'd be shocked if Brian's here in two years. I think he, I think he'll be here for a couple of, of years. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would. I, I would. I, and if he wanted to, I, I could see him getting offers. Maybe even after this year, depending. He, but he can be picky. I'm just hoping and assuming. I think so too. And I think that you know, we'll just jump at the first job, like you said. No, I mean, I, like, you said, but even, you know, like I, I think that if Western had come calling for him last year, which you know, there was some talk that maybe they they would have. They might. I, I think he would have jumped at that. And if they do come calling. Next year, two years from now, or somebody like he would jump for that. I think also like you know, a different offensive coordinator gig for him could be could be enticing because mm-hmm. he's, you know, he definitely has input with the offense for sure. He's the offensive coordinator. He and Jeff have a good relationship. But at the end of the day, like everyone knows, this is Jeff's yeah, offense. Exactly. Like if if Brian says something and Jeff wants to do something else, they're gonna do what Jeff wants to do. And I think that you know, eventually Brian would. Everybody kind of knows that. I think Brian probably wants to go to a situation where people think that he's calling the shots and calling all the shots and he can reap the benefits of uh, you know when an offense is really good everyone's like giving Brian Brown the praise so and I think that's understandable but for right now it's perfect man the staff's great we love them love our Louisville guys and it's the total antithesis of what we had before because the big one of the big problems with the the Scott Satterfield staff was this belief that they hadn't really they didn't really like it here like, like they were they were ready to go somewhere else anywhere else and they did and I think the cool thing about having Mark Ivy is you know, he's the guy that could have gone. He's a Satterfield guy who came here, and he loved it so much that he was like, oh, I'm not going with everybody else. I'm staying here. So we have we have a staff full of guys that just really love Louisville and that want to be here. And, yeah, would it would it really matter if we were 8-1 and one with a staff of guys that were ready to jump ship? Uh, you know, No, we're still going to celebrate being 8-1, and one, but it does make it that much sweeter to have the staff that we have right now. Uh, glow game tonight. Glow. Are you, are you excited? I know you know, we're not going. I'd love to. You're not going? I can't go. I got my, my wife's still still gone. She's getting home late. You want me to go watch the kids and you go to the game? I wish. And Mary's like, just go. I'm like, my kids are an animal. I'm not leaving a babysitter with, with just like right now with just John's sleeping habits. I can't do it. 
Got to at least be around. Well, you'll consider me? Well, thanks. No, I won't. Sorry. Oh, well. No. Thanks. <laughs> uh, breaks my heart that I'm not going to be there, but... I've been, I've been talking up this Glow game since the, the promotional calendar came out like yeah. five months ago. I've been excited about this for a long time. I'm still excited about it, even though I can't see it in person. There's a strong likelihood that we're all going to get let down <laughs> by what the Glow game is. because I could Well, the, the effects I could give two bleeps, but I just want to win. That's I'm still going to hype it up, though. I, I still like, I, like I hope that they dim the lights at some point so we can see the glow-in-the-dark jerseys. and the, you know They're handing out glow sticks to like the 15,000 people in the crowd. They've got glow-in-the-dark commemorative cups. Like... I, like this is awesome. Like, I would I, like to get one of the cups. I'm very excited about this. Although I am envisioning it just being like I said on the podcast today, like the the end scene of 2001: A Space Odyssey, where he's like going through the light tunnel and <laughs> like I got, like my expectations are a little bit. I, too I was high picturing for this. the baby in the bubble. That's like, what it is. Okay. Like, at the end of that, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's he's reborn as this. Yeah, he goes through this whole transformative <laughs> process and he's reborn as this fetus and like that's that's what I'm expecting for everybody who goes to the glow game tonight. So if it's anything less than that, maybe I'll be a little bit let down, but. Expectations are sky high, both on and off the field for the festivities tonight. I've never actually watched that movie all the way through. It's that it would be a chore for you. It is. I know the ending, and I know the I know the you know the, the theme song. Obviously, it's like I've seen it multiple times, and I'm still not sure I know the ending. So. <laughs> I just I just know the ending. I don't know why I've seen it. You know, in multiple pop culture references, I guess. It, yeah, it's it, it's a I mean it's famous, but it has long. Even somebody like I like Stanley Kubrick. I, I like his movies, but yeah, I'm not as yeah. It's a it is. There are long portions of that movie where it could be sped along, like, like long shots of people like doing the same things for like an, a minute and a half, like walking. And I'm like, okay, like we, we we can move on from this. I love Shining, and I set through Clockwork Orange, but that's I like Clockwork Orange. I mean, it's okay. I, it's 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 strange. I'll give you that. I mean, it's it's bizarre, but I mean, yeah, uh, Shining's the only one I guess I really cubic movie I really like. I'm surprised you're not like a Full Metal Jacket guy. Oh yeah, well, only only the first half. Once they get, I, 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 as soon as they get to uh, to Vietnam and she does the uh, me so horny speech, like I can turn it off after that scene. Okay, because it just gets boring after that to me. Like everything in, in in boot camp though, with you know that whole stuff is that's awesome. I forgot about that one though, but because I guess I was blinded by Eyes Wide Shut being so bad. Eyes Wide Shut sucks. That was his last one too, wasn't it? Yeah. Am I forgetting one? Or? I mean, I mean, I really like Spartacus. And I never saw Spartacus. Um. Are you a Doctor Strange love guy? I've never seen that either. I like it. That's the that's the writing the nuke, right? Exactly. Yeah, I know. I've seen clips. Of Renshaw loved that movie. He used to play clips of it a lot on the shows. But outside of that, I, I, I've never seen it. I think those are all the big ones. I guess that just never was my uh, cup of tea. That's fine. I'm more of a I'm more of a uh, you know uh, a crotch and fart joke guy, as Kevin Smith would like to say. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I'm simple. Uh, but if you are going out to the game tonight, a reminder, uh, we've got Card March. froze there for a second. Card March coming up at 5 o'clock. <laughs> Make sure that you're there. Uh, the alley is going to open. The alley actually is open right now. The, the parking lot's open at 2.30 today. So if you're concerned at all about that, you can go down there, tailgate now. Ticket office is open. Alley's open. The street fest is going to start at 4.30, and then Card March will start at 5. Gates will open at 6 o'clock. 7.30 is kickoff. You can hear the action on our sister station, 970 WGTK, or watch it on ESPN. The only other reason that I wanted to go to the game today is one of my old buddies, a guy I worked with, Harry Lyles, who now is all over ESPN, is doing the game. He was trying to meet up. But um, he, Harry's the man. He'll be the sideline reporter for tonight's game. Harry, Harry Douglas? Harry Lyles. Oh. The guy from One Direction? No, that's Harry Styles. Oh. A lot of, a lot of popular Harrys out there these days. <laughs> yeah, and I'm watching Night Court with Harry Anderson. Yeah, I forgot you're watching Night Court. I'm, I'm almost done with this season two. 
Someone's about to pass away. I'm kind of sad. I have no idea what that means. They had Nightcore was kind of jinxed. They had I don't need you to talk about Nightcore. Okay, the fir- the first female bailiff they had, she actually died in real life. So then they replaced her with another older woman, an actress, and she died after one season. So then that's when they brought in um, uh, what's her name the uh, the black woman I can't remember her name now who's one her, ten seconds yeah, left. her and Dan John Larkar they went to left alive now on the show. I know nothing about Nightcore. Ross Marshall Warfield that's her name. Because I was born in 1984. That doesn't know excuse. So when, when did Space Odyssey come out? People know you. Are you comparing <laughs> 2001: A Space Odyssey with Nightcore? No, because Nightcore's so much better. You never seen 2001. The argument though, and the reason I bring it up is because that movie came out before you were born too. Have you seen it? Yes, I have. I hate the excuse of people use like, "Oh, I don't. I wasn't born when it came." I hate that excuse. Well, once a TV show like Night Court, I think it's totally. I think it's totally fine. I disagree. It's one of the more underrated shows of the '80s. Very funny, and then went to and then it won six Emmys. You know, that's one of the things. My favorite parts about really, or did you just no, I'm, I'm, I'm not making that up because when I when you watch shows on Prime, this is one of my favorite things about watching shows on Prime is it's like watching pop up videos on for sitcoms. Because they have every episode, they'll have trivia on there. They do it for movies too. Have you ever noticed that when you watch things on Prime? I have not noticed that. They'll do the even when you rent a movie or you buy a movie or whatever, it'll have like trivia throughout the movie, like for every scene, telling you like maybe if there's like a problem in like the scenery or there's something about the actor or actresses. Well, I like that. I would like to watch. I like. To oh, it's that. it's it's very. The problem is, is I'm I'm spending most episodes like watching the reading the trivia, like I did a pop up video. So as I'm doing. Every time I go to watch an episode of Night Court, it starts out by saying, like, six-time Emmy-winning show. <laughs> it probably was, like, for John Larkett, just, like, winning by himself. Probably. He, his character's so awesome. John Larkett's the man. He is. his great guy. He's, it's, I forget how funny he is in this show. It's a three-minute Night Court deviation, thanks to you. <laughs> well, I don't want to talk about upload. I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want to let's talk about Louisville, Virginia. We have been. We will be. Louisville has won. You, you started it. Do you know what our winning streak is at right now? Home games. Ten. Ten. Fifth longest Ten. active streak in the country. Third longest act, uh, Third longest streak in program history. And our longest stretch since we did not lose a home game from 2003 to 2000, uh, early 2007. Do you remember what game broke that streak? Oh, crap. Because we had the second longest home winning streak in the country at this point in time. You mean who was the last, time the, who last team to beat us at home? Who broke this streak, that, that streak that I'm talking about from 2003 to 2007? Oh, God, it wasn't Kentucky, was it? It was not. That was the Stevie Get Loose game. That was at in Lexington. This is Craig's first year. Uh, who? Uh, who was the team that replaced uh, Duke? No, it's not that. Oh, that was, I can't remember. Who was it then? Syracuse. Remember right after the UK game? Oh, God, yeah. We the, lost uh, a 31 nine-point favor or whatever. what at the time was the biggest point spread upset in the history of college football. Like, I'll never forget after that. Stanford broke that like two weeks later, thankfully. Yeah, they did. And funny enough, USC was the school that had the longest home winning streak while we had the second longest. Oh, was it? They broke both those. Yeah, they they broke uh, both those streaks. Uh, Who was it that we. Oh, Utah was the team I was thinking of. Yeah. Like, I'll never forget that game. So I. It was like my second year doing the website, like doing more U of L stuff. And like, all I'd known was good times because I started it like 2005, right before the 2006 football season. Poor naive bastard. I know. So, like, (laughs) So I was doing the thing where you know we, we had the bad game against Middle Tennessee State that we won, and then we lose to Kentucky, and it's all woe is me. And I'm like, you know what? As pissed off as I am, we were the reigning Big East champions. We haven't played a conference game yet. There's still a ton to play for. Let's go out. Let's, let's pick ourselves back up. Let's start this thing the right way. Let's get back going with a win over Syracuse. And on their very first offensive play of the game, 
they had a pass. Like there was a dude streaking wide open down the middle of the field with a Louisville player not within forty yards of him. And I, I kid you not, while the ball was in the air, the the crowd started to boo. Like he hadn't even caught it. And I was like, all right, that's it. Fire this guy. Like all of my goodwill just went out the window right when that happened. It was terrible. Did your mic break back there? No, I just beat myself sometimes when you're talking. Oh, I thought I, I legit thought you like cut off, and I was, so I thought you were just like done. Sorry. No, when I know you're talking, I'll just beat myself sometimes. That's okay. I uh, can do that because I'm special. You're yeah, I, I can't do it in here. And, well, I mean, you know, sometimes like I blow my nose, or I'm taking a bite of sandwich, or something, or taking a drink. You know, I don't want it to go over the air. Louisville has played 25 Thursday night games. What do you think our record is in those 25? By the way, that Syracuse game. I, you, you funny, you had that attitude. I remember I was working at Glen Oaks at the time. And I got to Glen Oaks, and there was a car that had a fire cracked door sign in the window. It was bad. I was like, <laughs> Those times were bad. It was. What was your question? I'm sorry. Uh, we've played 25, 25 Thursday night games in the history of this program. What do you think our record is in those games? Oh, you've asked. I think this is what you asked me on the – well, that was Friday night, though, for Georgia Tech. Um, played 25. I say we won 14. Close. 13 and 12. Okay. Most recently beating Murray State earlier this year. I believe it. Virginia, the weird thing, you know, we mentioned Who about, we played the most. Do you have that set in front of you? No, I've got no idea. Okay, I'm just curious. I would guess. I mean, we've played probably a couple teams like twice. I, I would I, think we've at least played one team twice. I think we've played Rutgers yeah. a couple times on Thursday night. I think we played Virginia a couple times. Or West Virginia on Thursday night a couple times. No. I mean, Florida State at least twice. We know that. Because 2014 and 2002. I don't think we've done it since. But, yeah. We've played. We definitely played multiple teams multiple times on Thursdays. The... We talked about Virginia playing so many close games, and three of their four conference losses have been by three points. They've, they've had a couple, one of their non-conference games was by a single score. This is a weird stat, though. So they're two and seven this year. They've led by double digits in six of their nine games. They've been on the wrong end of four games decided by three points or less this season. They were on the wrong end of uh, three games that were decided by four points or less last season. It's like if you're looking for reasons to be a little bit scared. That's definitely one. Like they've been, it's been kind of a couple of fluky losses, but leading by double digits in six out of nine games and having a two and seven record is one. It's a little bit concerning for us. I think it's more concerning for Virginia if you're trying to hope that the Tony Elliott era is going to go well because that's uh, that, that's not good football. You should not lose four out of six games when you're up by double figures at any point. Especially no offense in an ACC that's really not like daunting. I mean, yeah. I mean, some of the. I, I don't mean just this year. I mean even last, sure. even last year too. I mean the ACC. I mean we we talked about it with, you know, and the fact that we went eight and five and we just saw the you know multiple opportunities slip through our fingers that, you know, that one or two games just go one way. We we we're playing in a possible contending for you know an ACC title again. Yeah, I mean they were up double figures against James Madison. Uh, that was a weird game. It was like start and stop with because of storms like three different times. They were up double, double figures against NC State, blew that one. Boston College blew that one. I mean, yeah, and then Miami a couple teams. weeks ago, yeah, they, they blew that one on the road. Two of those games are on the road, too, which is just, you know, can't squander those opportunities. Uh, last thing before we, we, we call it a break, we turn things over to you guys on the Thornton's text line. Uh, in, in the first five games of the wow, series. Good Lord, the text line blew up. I know. In, in the first five games of the series, which surprises me, all of those games were decided by a touchdown or less including the first three, were all decided by field goals in the closing minutes. Now, it's been a little bit more lopsided in recent years. We went up there and beat them by 17. But two years ago, we lost by one point and missed a last-second field goal that would have won the game for us. So it's been <laughs> a, as like kind of forgettable as some of these Louisville and Virginia teams have been, it's been a, a pretty competitive series. That's why we talk about Braun bringing up the, the play things. That was the game you talked about with a field goal. That was when we had four. We only had four opportunities in that whole second half as well. Because I can almost vaguely, I remember us breaking down each one and how each one cost us the game. 
It was bad. All right, we got to go to break. When we come back, you guys on the Thornton's text line, it's game day. We want to hear from you at 502-414-1450. Hour number two is next here on 1450 The Big X. This just screams Trevor Kelsey. How so? This is this is your type of music. You love modern rap. I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna be like serious. I'm like, yeah. You know me. I'm all about the Meek Mill. I do like Meek Mill. I I, I know his name because people are like, he's from Philly. I'm like, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Dreams and Nightmares also, I think, is played in every single locker room before every single sporting event is for it? the last four years. Like my buddy's like, this is the this is your Eagles theme song. I'm like, no, no, it's not. He's always like building this Meek Mill song. This is the theme of filled up Eagles. I'm like, no, dude. It's probably that same song. It's probably. It probably. And it's not the theme, I promise to tell you. You're like, no, it's Fly Eagles Fly. <laughs> that or it's uh, No One Likes Us, yeah. No One Likes Us? No one likes us. No one likes us. No one likes us. We don't care. We're from Philly, bleeping Philly. No one likes us. We don't care. Never heard that. You never heard that. Uh, heard Meek Mill. No, that's uh, it's the uh, it started with the Philadelphia MLS team as their soccer chant, and then it kind of bled bled over into the Eagles during the uh, uh, Jason Kelsey made a very popular chant singing it at the uh, Super Bowl parade. Plus, the Eagles are taking stuff from the soccer team now. Yes, who probably took it from somewhere in Europe? I'm sure. Probably. I think it's yeah. I think it's a European. Like no one likes us. We don't care. Oh, I start. I told you I started watching Welcome to Wrexham season two. It's so good. It's just, it's so good. You love it. I, it's so good. It's wonderful. I mean, it's just like, I, I think Big X needs to buy a fifth-tier soccer team in England and take it to the top. <laughs> I, want, I want us to be Rob and Ryan, just like flying over. Like, But we would be, we'd be the most inept pair running a soccer team. Like, We wouldn't even be like cheeky about it, too. And we've got no money to help out. We just, everybody would hate us. It'd be the exact opposite of the show where like the entire city is just so thankful and you've lifted us up and you've, you've put us on the map and... Everyone would just hate us so much if we ever did that. I don't think they'd hate us. They'd like. Oh, they me. would hate us. No, we'd be winners. What? Well, ideally, yes, but I don't think we would have any idea what we're doing, and we would have no money to to, to, to back us up. I mean, they don't. Have... <laughs> we don't need money. We have heart. We have belief. It's like Trevor Kelsey has inserted himself in his goalkeeper, saying he could do a better job. It's like they now trail eleven. I've got two, proof of that. Two minutes into the game, some uh, video of me scoring my my, my goal on TJ. Well, you, you also fell down and gave yourself a concussion. Yeah, I also got caught in the net, too, but it's no, not, not the point. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. The offense are smart. They get caught in nets all the time. Reminder, download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app if you want to save money at the pump or inside any one of this area's 112,672 Thornton's locations. There's that many of them for a reason. They know, they know what they're doing. Do that and then text us at 502-414-1450. Let's read some text. It's hour number two. It's what we do. Let's do it. Let's let the text line glow. Texture says, I think, I don't even know what this is. I think in the case that Washington, the Big Ten champ, we're already getting into playoff scenarios, first text. I think in the case that Washington, the Big Ten champ, and FSU all go undefeated, but Georgia goes undefeated until the SEC ship, but loses to a one-loss Bama. 
I think FSU possibly gets snubbed for one loss Bama and hell, maybe a one loss Texas. And I may be wrong about that, but I will say with confidence, if it was Louisville instead of FSU is undefeated in this scenario, we would surely get snubbed. I mean, that was a lot to take. Um, first, it was a, it was a, yeah, I'm on the easy first. Text. Yeah, I want my first text to be like, glow up, baby. We're dipping a toe in. Yeah. Well, the very, how about this? The very next text. It's glow game day. This is the single most important thing in my entire life. Nothing else matters. Only the glow game, which I wholeheartedly agree with. Yeah, I mean, let's get your glow on. That's what I want to hear. I've never people. been more excited about anything in my entire life than the glow game. Kids, uh, wife, secondary. Glow game. Despite the long text, I will say this text, yes. Uh, if Louisville is in the brink of outside or should be maybe feeling inside the, turn, uh, the playoff when it comes to be announced, do expect to probably get screwed over. We're not doing this today. No, I, we're not today, but I'm just saying, just, saying I'm it. telling you right now, when it comes. I said it three weeks ago. You make it through the Virginia Tech and the Virginia games. Then we have that bye weekend to look ahead to. I'll start doing it then. Tomorrow, if we win tonight, tomorrow's show, we'll start doing a who do we need to root for. But for now, I'm in full beat Virginia mode, which sounds wrong as a father of a, a girl named Virginia. But I would, I'm would fully focused on beating Virginia. Who do we root for? Do, 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 do. You already got the song. <laughs> Who do we root for? <laughs> Next texter. Look at the scoreboard. <laughs> <laughs> Who do we root for? We've <laughs> already got the song. You got it in your head, too. Texas, are, so are you saying that I'm too old to still be freak dancing? I'm assuming this is related to our podcast today. Somebody asked, did you ever go to... I'm First sure, of all, that I don't care. I don't know how old you are. You're not too old, buddy. You you are. I'm no. sure that you like, had this brought up on when you were doing the show with TJ and Roush, I guess. Possibly. But did you ever go to like the grade school mixers? Uh, I mean, I went to. to I don't think so. I guess not. I went. Uh, did you have like dances at, at Westport? No. Well, Westport, I had dance. I went to sixth grade dance. Okay. So in in yeah, Catholic dance school, with Paula. Uh, in Catholic school, when you're in seventh and eighth grade, you had like. Various schools would have what they called mixers, and you would have all the different kids. I mean, I know the term, all the different schools, yeah. and, and you know, so, like my public school friends would come to them sometimes. And we had a question on the podcast about like <laughs> we had boys and girls at my school. We didn't need a, did to bring another school to call it a mixer. Well, though, so did we. It's great, great school. Oh, okay. No, but we. I mean, when Sick I was a joke, though. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> top of my list. It made the book. I mean, elementary school, we did like the skate parties. Yeah, we, we did that too. Okay. But when no, when we, I was at Wilder, yeah. We had actual, but at Westport, we had actual dances. But yeah. so the mixers, like, the, the texture was like, he wanted Danny to talk about like the experience of going to mixers and basically said, like, should they have been illegal? And we were talking about it, and mixers, it was basically just like 13 and 14 year olds. Uh, like, you, you were allowed to be you're freaking. You were, you were allowed to freak dance. I don't know how, but you were. And then it was just organized fights. That's all it was. <laughs> it, it was you were, you were freak dancing on the, on the gym floor. And then you were going outside because you heard that the two guys that didn't like each other were going to fight. That's it, all it was. Is this where the our, our just our minor age difference is going to make a difference? Because I don't remember there being like freak dancing in sixth grade. Really, there probably there shouldn't have been. But in seventh and eighth grade, I can tell you, which was just like the most. I mean, we did that like through like college. You go to bars and just like grinding your crotch into well, somebody's. Like, it was just it was the weirdest thing of all time. Yeah, I yeah. See, I guess yeah. Fun, but but not great. I guess because I guess freak dancing more came. I mean, we had the. You know the Tootsie Roll, but I mean that's. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was like it got really popular like, right when we were like hitting. Uh, yeah, I think grade. that even though there's like only like a five year gap with us, I think that that it was long enough to cover the ev- evolution of freak dancing. Should they have been illegal? Yes. I mean, I, I, I heard nasty. they got. I heard they got even worse too after like we like when we got to high school. I'd heard stories about the mixers getting even worse. Like, like 
oral sex in the bathrooms and stuff. I'm like, it's seventh and eighth grade. Come on. I mean, we don't. We, we, we passed dance to like the electric slide. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes. I remember one of my first slow dances was the Chicago's hard habit to break. When's the last time you think you freak danced? When I had when I went to the prom. That was the last time. Like not Probably. like not like bars in your twenties or anything. No, not really. I mean, no. I was never. I'm not much of a dancer to begin with. Hmm. I was. I, you'd have to. I'm not getting on the dance floor unless there's like an option of sex with the woman afterwards. TJ just texted me and just said, my sister got caught drinking before a mixer when she was in sixth grade. She wasn't even old enough to be at the mixer, let, wow. alone, let alone the booth. That's impressive. That is. I mean, I love, I do love when people come in from. I never even got kicked out of a dance. I wouldn't, I was, I guess I hadn't come out of my shell just yet. I love when people come here, like move here from out of state or in, in a different city. Like Jeff Greer, he was talking about, you know, his wife is a, is a lifelong Louisvillian. And we were talking about like grade school experience and high school experience. He's like, he's like, was everybody in Louisville like twenty one when they were fourteen? And I was like, <laughs> pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we were doing stuff we should not have been doing. I went at to very young age. I went to more bars before I was twenty one than I probably did after I was twenty one. I think I may have drunk more between like eighteen and twenty one than I did from like twenty one to twenty. We won't throw the good Linden establishments under the bell under the. You bus. already have before, and, and one of them I can't mayors because it's no longer around anymore. That's right. Like that was the easier one. I mean, we would just walk in the back door. I was you know fifteen, sixteen years old walking in the back door. Now, granted, I did have already start getting gray hair at like sixteen, so, and I'm six foot three. You know, probably at that point two seventy five, maybe. So, I mean, it's probably easy to understand that I maybe, you may not have to ask me for an ID. Great school mixers, man. Ascension had the best ones when I was in in my prom. I hooked up with a girl from Ascension once. Texas says, totally agree with the keep it simple, stupid approach. I see the validity in the opposite approach, but we're at a point when we can't, where we can't risk any more injuries. I hope Plummer throws less than 20 passes and we shorten the game like we did against Vatek. That's a great if, – if, if we're throwing more 20 passes in this game, you, we, we're going to be worried tomorrow. I think you're both I, totally right. Yeah. I, I would say, like, if you show me the box score and just show me – like nothing but pass attempts, and it's twenty-eight. I'm gonna be concerned. I'm gonna mm-hmm. be like, ooh, I don't want to know what that score is. I think ideally you keep it where it's been the last two weeks, and it's like between twelve and twenty. I agree. I, I would. I would. I don't even know if I'd want to go as high as twenty, but I mean, see, I mean, games only twice have we done less than twenty passes in a game. That's the last two weeks, which has been maybe the two best games we've exactly. played. Exactly. So yeah, let's. Those were sixteen and thirteen. So yeah, I agree. Anything under uh, if the over unders at twenty for for. Feeling warm and cozy in this game is over. I'm going to say that. I mean, Boston College was 21, and we saw how that turned out. Yeah, and it was actually just 12 for Plummer because Doman threw the last pass. So, you know, that was a kind of a, a throwaway. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't think about so that. He's yeah. thrown 28 combined passes in the last two games, which is crazy. And then you look at the game before that, he threw it 52 times against Pitt. <laughs> Texture says, I totally agree on keeping it simple. Biggest concern is Virginia has nothing to lose and may well play like it. How will Louisville handle just a little game pressure? I mean, yeah, you expect Virginia to come out and pull out all the stops. Uh, no. Tony Elliott, his his pregame, because I mean, after this they played Duke, and, and they have, they do have their rivalry game against Virginia Tech. But this is their last chance to have like a big. I know they've already got the North Carolina win, but but this is their chance to make like a big impression on the national landscape. Road game, Thursday night, standalone game, national TV, top eleven team. Like, I, I expect Virginia to come in and play like they've got nothing to lose. We also, I mean, you know. You gotta be ready for that. Like, like I think that the good thing about losing the pit game, there's nothing really good about losing the pit game. But if you want to l- take a positive away from it, is that if there's any concern about this being a trap game and us reading our own p- press clippings and watching the the CFP ranking show and talking about the conference championship and talking about you know playoff or Orange Bowl or whatever, like we've already been in the situation before and fallen flat on our face. And, and I think that 
the players now have the same maturity that the coaching staff had to say, like, we it's one game at a time. If we like, we're not good enough to just show up and walk over anybody. The arguably the worst team in the league beat our asses when we tried to do that up there at Pitt. This team can absolutely do the same thing. Being a home game on a Thursday night prime time is a little easier to keep your head on straight than it is on a rainy Saturday afternoon in Pittsburgh as well. For sure, no, I totally agree. And we've been like, not only have we been winning we at home, to, we've we've covered the spread in every single game during this ten game home winning streak. I mean, we we saw we we, we beginning the year we talked about the, the most scary games we're going to have on our, our schedule is our road games, and that's somewhat been obviously true to this point. Besides Notre Dame. Notre Dame was definitely scary. Well, true, yeah, I guess you're right. But, the, yeah, Notre Dame was the only home game, I guess, that really as much as anything. Virginia Tech, I think, was, okay. we thought was a track game as well going into the season. Texas says the pregame glow equipment the football team has is awesome. It makes me smile like when I see an Allen electrical truck in my neighbor's <laughs> driveway. I love Allen. I like to get get at See? It makes me smile. This is what happens when you advertise with us, people. You get this kind of love all through the show, on the breaks, and even during the show. So. No other radio station gives you as much no. bang for your buck. No, I 100%. We will talk constantly about your commercials here. <laughs> Phil Rich has been making it rain forever. He is. Texas, TK, how about a uh, snippet of Just Let Your Soul Glow? <laughs> oh, God, how did I not think of that? Oh, good Lord, I should be taken out back and beaten with a burlesque sack full of oranges. Oh, my Lord. I even have the Randy Watson T-shirt. Mm. You do know he's referencing, right? No idea. It's uh, uh, Trading Places. I mean, uh, Coming to America. Oh. The, 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 the Jerry Curl. Just let your soul oh, okay. glow. When they all get up off the couch and it's all, <laughs> which makes you think of uh, Mr. Bender from Wagner. I haven't told you, he used to have the jerry curl, and you get up off the chalkboard, it'd be like a stain on the chalkboard. <laughs> he had a stain on his chalkboard behind his, his stool, and a stain on his on the uh, the board behind his desk as well. It was always hilarious. Love Mr. Bennett, though. He was great. We love you. Texas says, honestly, I would rather be left out of the playoff as an 11-1 ACC champ who is playing a big school in Miami with players who opted out. I don't think we can hang with the big boys. I don't know what that text means. I mean, we can't hang with them. I mean, first of all, eleven and one is not an option. We we have to play in the conference championship game for eleven and one. But I, there's no scenario where I'd, I'd rather be left guy? out of the playoff. No, I I had to kind of do, do a double check too. Yeah. I want to play. I don't care if like we're playing Georgia in the first game and we're a twenty five point dog. I if you if you can be in the playoff, you go to the playoff. Yeah, I agree. I don't care if we get beat by forty two points. I mean, I don't want to get beat by forty two points, but I want to be there. Um, I mean, who do you consider the big dog? I mean, really? I mean, I mean, it's just me. I just. I mean, I mean, I mean, Ohio State's still beatable. I mean, they're just Georgia. I think can be beatable. Michigan, who knows? Florida State, I think is. You know how I feel about Florida State. Washington clearly has shown that they they allow they can play down to their competition. I mean, that, and those that's your top five right there. Yeah. I mean, I just don't. I mean, this just doesn't feel like the year where there's like that Georgia team last couple of years or Alabama in the last couple of years. Just feels like they're two steps ahead of everyone else. I mean, I I, I have my significant doubts about. Us being able to like hang with with George or anything. I mean, I'm not saying we would. I'm just saying I would love the yeah. opportunity. I think I think I think there's a better chance this year than it would have been last year if you take even our team from this year and played last year's Georgia team. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I, a little bit. It was kind of confusing. Yeah, uh, I, I, see I have what you're a time saying. cop thing going on right there. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> All that matters is if you have the chance to take a, a swing. Like you know, we remember back in the day, people have forgotten this when. It took a weird sequence of events. This is back in the, the BCS days when we went to the Sugar Bowl in 2012-2013. Uh, like, Northern Illinois winning their MAC championship game allowed them to leapfrog somebody in the weird BCS standings, which basically sent 
it, it took us from playing Florida State in the uh, Orange Bowl to playing Florida in the Sugar Bowl. And I remember people rooting against Northern Illinois because they were like, well, Florida would kill us. And I was like, you know, what do you have to lose at this point? We're, we're number 22 in the country. Why not take the biggest swing you can possibly take, play the number three team, as opposed to I think FSU was like number 16 or something like that. I'm like, we've already beaten Florida State. It, you know, they're not as good as Florida. If we get crushed, who cares? We still play Florida in the Sugar Bowl. Like, you know, you, you go for the biggest opportunity in this sport. Yeah, it's just like we always like to compare it to like with, with, with dating and sex. It's like if you, you know, Margaret Robbie wants to take you home. You may only last 12 seconds, but you were there. You call her Margaret? Margaret Robbie, isn't it? Margaret Robbie? Margot. Margot. You were there, though, right? She wouldn't like it if you didn't know her name. I don't care. I'm, she wouldn't like keep me after the first 12 seconds anyway. Texas says, if we make the ACC champ, that's the biggest game in program history, right? A power conference championship? We've never really had that. That's a good question. That is an interesting question. Is that is that the biggest game? I mean, over the Sugar Bowl? Or Orange Bowl? Or Fiesta Bowl, you want to say that? Fiesta Bowl. Is, I, it, that one is... I, I, I love how UK fans still don't like call me out on it, but like we do like to brag like that was a lot bigger than I think it was. It got bigger as the years went on, but we we still sure. yeah, yeah. I mean, and I love how UK fans are sometimes are smart enough to figure that out. Well, the importance of it though is yeah. that like like I, so case in point, I did the interview with Chuck Oliver today, who's you know kind of he's doing his whole like you know what Louisville you know, kind of just I don't he's like I remember out of nowhere he's like he's like Louisville's playing Alabama in the Fiesta Bowl, and I was like what like I had no idea like it's still like, thirty years after the fact still resonated with him. I think the that's one of those games where, like you said, the symbolism of it, us arriving and playing one of the bigger names in the sport in one of the biggest games in the sport, is a bigger deal than the actual details, which is, you know, we only got to play well, for a certain reason, and Alabama was not that good that year. Well, Alabama was not that good. We yeah, we got in because of the, the Martin Luther King mm-hmm. thing stuff. And then, well, Alabama got, you didn't care about good playing either. But uh, Let's focus on the question, though. Yeah. Do you think that this, is there a legitimate case to say that this could be the biggest game in program history? I don't know if I'd put it above Orange and Sugar Bowl, but I'm, I mean, on on a, on a grand scheme, personally, I don't put it at Fiesta Bowl, maybe, but maybe I will. If we win, I probably would. It's definitely, I would say, it's, I think it's easy to argue, easily top five, though, right? I think that you can make that argument. I, I think if it's if hard the, to if, argue, if, one. if this were to wind up being a situation where, and, and this is a very unlikely, but if it wound up being a situation where everyone's looking at this and they're like, the winner of the ACC game is going to the playoff. Then I don't think there's any question. Like it becomes the biggest game in program history. I would put it like if it's just us trying to win a conference championship and go to the Orange Bowl, it's still a huge deal. But I would put it behind, like the West Virginia game in '06, just because national title implications. Like that's as big as it gets, right? Like that, that's you know, the, yeah. But that, you're talking about the West Virginia game. Yeah, 2006. That was undefeated number five versus undefeated number three, and the winner you knew was going to have the inside track to play for a title because Ohio State and Michigan, who were 1-2, and two, had to play each other. But you still had a month left in the season at that point, roughly. You had three games after Well, that. that's a month. That's three weeks, you know. I mean, I, I don't know what that... I'm just saying, that, I don't know. Thing. I just feel like I don't, I'm, the AC title game is, you know, you win that, you, like you said you're maybe in the playoff. Well, I, the, the, I don't think you listen to what I just said. I'm saying if you won the... the if it came to be a situation where you're playing in the for a spot in the playoff, then yeah. But if it's a spot where if we lose... Or even if we win, we're not going to the playoff. I would put it behind the West Virginia game because okay. the national title implications are less. You're saying it, the the the, big, the 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 outcome determines its status in in history. No. If we win, you're saying it, you rank it above, right? No. Okay. Never mind then. Then you just don't like this game. <laughs> no, I I mean, I'm going to say it for a third time now. If it winds up being a situation where if we win the game, it gets us into the playoff. Then yeah, it's the biggest game in program okay. history. 
If it's the more likely situation where, no, it's even if we win, we're going to the Orange Bowl, then no, I would put it behind like a game like the West Virginia game. Does that make sense? Yes. There you go. Texas says, wow, Mike, that South Carolina accent sounds just like old George Wallace. Thank you. That's what we're going for. <laughs> George Wallace sounds like Texter. <laughs> Texas, I'm going to get wild at the glow game tonight. My students tomorrow are going to have a zombie for a teacher. I know UofL needs me to drink eight peach uh, high noons. I just know it. No, maybe not. Uh, I forget what grade you teach, Texter, but you know what? Like I told you, just put a movie on, man. It's a movie Friday. It's a Friday. It's a Friday, dude. I mean, come on. Don't try to go stand and deliver on a Friday. What's happening? What's what's happening historically that you could put on? Like, um, it's Thanksgiving time. Pocahontas. <laughs> Planes, trains, automobiles. <laughs> Planes, trains, automobiles. Um, we just had a pro- another Republican debate. Who, yeah. who do you think won, Trev? The we huh? We had a debate last night. Did we? Yeah. Who was in it? All the same Republican candidates outside of the ones that have dropped out. So was Trump in it? Trump was not in it. He did it, he did the same thing where he did the speech. He's like, I'm too big to be in it. Uh, I don't know who won it because I don't remember who was in it. So Can you name one person who was in it? Here we go again. You can do it. You can do it. Last time you didn't think you could do it, you could do it. Um, uh, Doug Christie? Oh, so close. Chris- <laughs> Doug <laughs> The fat guy from Jersey, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> What's his name? Chris Christie. Yes. Oh, oh, uh, um, um, I'm sorry, I'm not looking anything up. Um, uh, uh, Santos, Greg Santos. Well, uh, George Santos is who you're thinking of. No, he's, he's thankfully not running for president. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's a Republican, right? He is a Republican. All right. Uh, he's and he's uh, he's Florida. Uh, George Santos. Yeah, Texas or Florida? Which one? Well, I think you're thinking of Marco Rubio. No, I wasn't thinking of Rubio because that was the point guard for the uh, the, the Timberwolves. Well, I think you're thinking of Ron DeSantis from Florida. Okay, yeah, 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 that dude from Florida, yeah, yeah. Because George Santos is from New York. Oh, no, no. Who's the Texas one that, 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 that nobody likes? Uh, Ted Cruz? Yeah, yeah, that dude. Yeah. Like the guy Doug. looks like Doug. He does not look like Doug. Don't, don't talk about Doug like that. You know the cartoon Doug? Yes, yeah. he does not look like Doug. I told you the first time I saw a porn had the Doug theme song on it. It's like Grace and Allen. You did tell me that. <laughs> I've never heard the song. I'll the same never way forget so. walking down my friend's hallway and mine his dad freaking out trying to run, jump to the VCR to turn it off very quick. And all I heard was do, 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 do. Now, one of the candidates who participated last night was we, he came up on the show yesterday. On our show? Yeah, because somebody was asking, you know, have you heard about Tim Scott saying that he's been a virgin for 30 oh, years? Oh, yeah, yeah, the black guy who went to, yeah, they gave up Lady G. Yeah, who gets laid first, Trevor or Tim Scott? Yeah, and I gave a great, I made up a great joke, and you, you didn't laugh enough of it. It wasn't great. It was, it was pretty good. It was fine. It was, it was funny. I think Tim Scott gets laid before you. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> but I know you, I you're know. probably right, because Tim Scott's probably never stopped getting laid. You, he probably had. I, anybody brags about not getting laid is probably getting laid. We don't trust you, Tim Scott. Uh, 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 is that the way it works? Who, who, what, are, what, what are the ones that people that they, they claim? Are you that, secretly getting laid? <laughs> no, it's because I don't brag about it, so I'm not getting laid. I don't think anybody's ever made that claim. The, the people who claim about not having sex, they're actually having the most sex. Oh, yeah, but see, I don't brag about not getting. If I was bragging like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm abstinent, that means I'd be getting it three uh, times a week. I see what you're saying. Yeah. The Tebow effect. Yeah, exactly. Now, what, like, what's the neat... Um, What's the group of people that like claim they don't have incest or something? What, what are they called? In, in, the, the guys. The, the, oh, incels. The, yeah, yeah, those people. Like, yeah, that, that, yeah, I can't take them seriously. <laughs> no, no one doesn't. No one. No one like. It, no one wants to not have sex. Well, well, no, <laughs> incels are 
Don't they claim they, they have no desire for it? No, it, they're saying that they're celibate by like not desire. Like they're they're involuntarily celibate. Well, aren't we all? Well, no. I mean, if, if no one's no one volunteers to be celibate except for nuns. But people have sex. Like there's a, yeah. There's a group that you're not acknowledging here. The people who have, <laughs> who have sex. These are people that that want to be having sex, but just nobody wants to have sex with them, so they call themselves incels. I called it middle school. I think you might be. You might be an incel. <laughs> what is this, a Jeff Foxworthy joke? Just saying. If you've got a stack of Playboys next to the bed, you might be an incel. Maybe maybe Google incel and see if those characteristics. If your magazines yeah. stick to each other, you might be an incel. Texas says, I 100% believe Paul Feinbaum is going to go on his job and say, will Brom be a candidate for an SEC job? I mean, Brom's name's going to come up this offseason. That's fine. Yeah. I don't care. But that's the thing. That's This is the one time, as I mentioned earlier, I feel just so warm and cozy that the name can come up, and I'm not going to be – in short of NFL, I'm not going to be worried, and I don't see it being NFL right away. Hopefully. Knock on wood. Texas, Saturday I had relations with my wife after the – Jesus Christ. I mean, <laughs> thank God this part's on before we go to 970 in 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, if it's sex talk, it ain't going to last more than 30 minutes. <laughs> Saturday I had relations with my wife after the game. I wanted to know which felt better. Sex or a Louisville football win to make them eight and one? A Louisville football win is officially better than sex. Um, at this point in life, I might agree with you, Texer. But of course, I'm apparently an in- incest cell or something. Don't call yourself. In- don't don't do that. <laughs> Whatever it's called. Thankfully, you don't have a sibling. To, for people to be like, I heard Trevor called himself an incest cell. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I wouldn't tell your wife this one though, buddy. Yeah. You can tell us. That's a fine anonymous text. That's what the text line's for. It's anonymous. Text says, Glow Game, Brom, Thursday Night Football, Brom, undefeated Louisville men's basketball team getting honored tonight, Brom, cards win by 50, Brom. Maybe my favorite text of the day. It's a great text. Yeah, I agree with it all, Brom. 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 Texas would it be in bad taste to make a glow-in-the-dark poster that says "Thank you, Cincinnati" or "Bad Car"? That's a fantastic no. idea. I am. Reg- re- there are very few things I regret very long in my life, and one of them is not making the Cincinnati sign for the AW show. I told you to. I, mean, I know you did. I just well, the problem is that we didn't come up with it till like the day of the show, and that's true. We gave you a little. little yeah, we should have, it should have been a conversation have, the day before. I didn't have time to get glitter and a poster board and markers, and, and I wanted to get a picture and googly you know. eyes. <laughs> How funny would it be if, if we I had... saw that sign in the stands tonight? I would laugh out loud. I may fall. I may get stuck back in the back of my chair again if I saw that sign in the stands. If the fans, because so they're giving away fifteen thousand glow in the dark sticks, I know they're encouraging fans to bring their own. If the fans could, and we can't even organize oh, a, this would be like, a color out. If the fans could somehow organize a glow in the dark to say thank you, Cincinnati, at some point. Would be the most amazing thing that we've ever we done. We can shorthand it. We got THX, U, just the letter U, and then C I N C Y. Thank you, Cincy. We could do that. Like, <laughs> I would, I love that there'd be like just only the fan base. It'd be the, like, the, you hate when I do inside jokes for myself to laugh, the Andy Kaufman style, but that would be the Louisville Andy Kaufman joke. Like, the national people, like, I don't get it. They with the bleep. <laughs> and then we just all do that cheer, the stupid cheer they do a million times together. Oh, oh, you see, it's like all together. It's like this one's for you guys. Oh, uh, I'm so happy I didn't know that. I don't know anything about their chance. 
Uh, somebody, he, this person also said he painted his car chronicle bird mask with glow in the dark paint. It looks okay, very cool. That looks uh, cool. Very cool. Trippy. Yeah, that looks. It looks something. Yeah, it's gonna be high at the game. I assume so. Let's take a break. When we come back, more for you guys on the text line, 502-414-1450. It's Glow Game Game Day, and this is the pre-game pre, pre, pre -game show here on 1450-961, The Big X. What just happened? I actually hit the, oh, no. hit the wrong button. Oh, no. <laughs> no Glow day disaster. No. What happened? Hold on. You Sorry about that. All the things you... Turn it back all off now. Cut it back off. Nope. Turn. Beautiful. Sexy. Easiest. One, two, three. Just let your soul go. Just let it shine through. Just let yourself, baby. All right, it was worth it. Welcome back in. It is a glow game day pregame show. Dexter, I can't believe I did this and slipped You dropped my the ball. Fingers. I know. Yes. One of the top ten maybe comedies of all time, and I let so glow slip to my eyes. Here on 1450 That's and 961, so the Big X, coming up in about 23 minutes, we'll flip things over. We'll be on also. In addition to these two stations, we'll be on 970 WGTK. Getting you ready for kickoff tonight. Louisville and Virginia, 730 on ESPN. Uh, our guy Jay walked in, who I haven't seen in a while, and he was like... Jay, our music guy? Yeah, and he was like... I love Jay. He was like, incest cell? I was like... <laughs> <laughs> is that who... I saw someone... Because like, your door is closed. You, don't, you, you have a closed door like with a handle here. I do, I, I, they gave me a knob, <laughs> yeah, which is nice. I, I'm living the, the luxurious life over here. <laughs> and you can lock the door even. It's it, Yeah, it's crazy. I can do whatever I want in here. Now, my door has no door handle, and like like where the lock is is like a hole. You so like a, so uh, someone walked by. Hole in the wall where the kids can go to see yeah, it all. Yeah, I've, got like, I've got like two glory holes in my door over here. And like so, so sometimes I'll see people walk by. And I wonder it was because someone did walk by and like looked in the hole. Thing you <laughs> really? Yeah. I didn't think I'd top myself after the incel incest in the comments. But <laughs> but since so I heard someone come in and I heard somebody walk by and then I saw that they stopped in from my door and they looked in. Like they peep in like the little the, the hole here. <laughs> and thank God I'm not at a flying jays in the middle of nowhere, because that would have meant something different. But in this case, I was like, okay, who is that looking at me? And they walked off. I was wondering. Yeah, was. Yeah, he walked in. He has, a, he has like some, uh, some radio equipment. He was like, incest incel, eh? I was like, I'm so sorry you had to hear that. Oh, Jay, I gave DJ laugh. It was fun. Jay's the man. I love, Jay's great. I, I'm the, One of the few things I do miss about doing the uh, the, the Sunday morning TV show was, was like getting to see Jay for yeah, an hour. He's, he's a good guy. All right, 502-414-1450. We got to, we'll read some text this hour. We'll, we'll flip the conversation back over to Louisville, Virginia. Straight talk coming up at, from 5 to 6 because we, we need to for the pre-pre. Well, no, yeah, are we supposed to save the – well, do, do you, want, you want to do text now? Yeah. Okay. All right, let's go. Why? What, 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 I was going to say because they have text for the pre-pre, but then the, that might bring up conversations you don't want in the pre-pre. I mean, whatever. We, we'll, we'll do what we, we'll we got to do. Why am I calling it the pre-pre? <laughs> it sounds weird saying that. Yeah. Texture says, this is Eyes Wide, Eyes Wide Shut Erasure, a Christmas classic, Justice for Eyes Wide Shut. I don't like Eyes Wide Shut. I didn't need, yeah, I didn't get into it either. What was, did he, now, he, did he also do the, was it Vanilla Sky or something? That wasn't Kubrick. Okay, that, that was just, that was just Cruz and, and Nicole Kidman as well, I think. Uh, was she in that? It, it was, was Cruz though, wasn't it? That was a, our boy Cameron Crowe. 
Like, oh, okay. do like, but I was not. I didn't hate Vanilla Sky as much as a lot of people, but I didn't like. Cameron Crowe was like he's. I feel like he's really a hit and miss guy. Or am I thinking of James Cameron? Which uh, one did he? Which one did Elizabeth? Elizabeth Town. Yeah, I think that was Cameron Crowe. Okay, yeah, because that was a miss. Yes, Cam- but Cameron Crowe did. But he did almost almost, almost famous. famous. Yeah, because he was the and he did that uh, time's rich my high. He was the one that he actually because he wrote, he actually wrote it as a book because he actually went undercover and did that, but they actually never released the book. Cameron Crowe did Fast Times? Yeah, he's almost famous because that's how he knew Led Zeppelin. Oh, okay. Yeah. he Well, he wrote it. He didn't direct it. Uh, okay. Amy Heckler wrote it, I think. So he did the screenplay. He did. He he went. He actually went undercover in San Diego because he looked young. And, well, almost you've seen Almost Famous. That character's based on him. I didn't His real know. life. Yeah, that's really based on him instead of. And instead of following Stillwater, he got to follow Led Zeppelin back then. Oh. And was, that's how he also got Led Zeppelin. Well, Stillwater's not real. I know, true, but uh, and yeah, he actually wrote a, a novel about his experience in that high school in San Diego, and instead of actually releasing it as a book, they turned it into a screenplay. Cool, I didn't know that. Hmm? I, Can you imagine? He was like twenty-one though at the time. He just, I mean, yeah, you can't do that now though. Because I knew that the the, the guy who wrote um, uh, Days and Confused, but it was like very loosely. That's Richard Linklater, yeah, yeah, based on his experience at a. Texas high school and like all the people that the characters were based on ended up suing him because they're like, yeah, you, they're like, they you, did. You basically just told our story of high school and we got nothing out of it. He uh, Cameron had had the same issues. The guy that plays, uh, I think I've told you this before. The dude that plays Mark, the assistant to the assistant manager, mm-hmm. he actually his, the real person that's based on is the one who came up with the for dummies books, like you know chess for dummies or this for dummies. He's the one that started that. I did not know that either. Yeah, and, Scoots texted in by the way. All right, Scoots, baby. Scoots says, I'm sure it's been brought up before, but, man, I cringe every time Trevor says episode. What the hell is an episode? You get? <laughs> I mean, this is one of our, like, you, I warned you this day one you, of our say, show. The very first week that the show was, was on, you established this. How has Scoots never brought this up before? Like This is this is old stuff. I Because I don't do it on purpose. I, it's just a bad, like, I guess it's a tick, maybe you would call it, that I have. That I, I, just, I just don't, I don't realize I'm doing it. Just don't say a word right. I, and you make no effort to correct it. I sometimes do, but when I'm just talking, it just comes out episode. That was better than what you usually say, right there. Really? Yeah. But I, I know I've been. It, it drives people insane when I do it. And so when I talk to people and they come up, to, I know television is going to be a topic. I warn them. I apologize in advance and did it with you as well. Texas Mike, I apologize if me slipping, if me switching up my game day winning apparel leads to Trevor's turnover premonition, but I will be at Card March to even out the vibes. Go Cards! All right, stop, stop, stop screwing with a win streak. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, whatever you've been doing, keep doing it. Texas Mike, any idea when we will get a new song from B Sim? Thanks. Bounce Back King dropped last month. Yeah, it's been just a month. Yeah, that's what I mean. B Sims, I like him. He wears he wears a little little underwear. Had mine on last game. I don't have. They're not clean for this game. But I had them on Saturday for Virginia Tech. Wait, 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 wait. But you're not wearing them tonight. What? What happened to don't change things up there, dude? Well, I don't. I haven't worn the same underwear for every game this year. Mm-hmm. I've been switching it up. Mm-hmm. I did wear the same thing, the same sweatshirt every game before we lost to to Pitt. And I've since then I've been switching it up. So I'm, this is the third different sweatshirt I've worn in three weeks. I just make sure to just avoid any family gathering. Unlike usual. I mean. I, Every time I do a family gathering on a local game, it always it's always the worst scenario for us. You did kind of wreck the season. Yeah, and the last one before that was the uh, 18 Florida State game, which sent the season spiraling. So, yeah. 
I give up. I'm sorry. I mean, if you're a family member of mine, you're getting married, having a kid, birthday, whatever, just make sure you do it around a little schedule. You can go. You just need to do what I always say. If you want to get out of a, a wedding or a family event to go watch a game, throw a chair. <laughs> Every time. Fail proof. This sounds evil. This is one of the things I missed about 2020 COVID. It was like I, I didn't have to have an excuse. I'm like, oh, sorry, COVID, can't go. Yeah. Just very health conscious. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that's, that's me, you know. Also, how dare you even invite me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm kind of judging you, to be honest. <laughs> You're the problem, not me. Texas, for some reason, every time Louisville plays Virginia, I'm reminded of Jill Byrne holding up a Virginia flag at Churchill after they pulled an upset. It's not happening tonight. Uh, I don't remember that. Who's Jill Byrne? Like, is it David Byrne's daughter? Yes. <laughs> what if I said yes? Is it Gabriel Byrne's girlfriend? <laughs> no, she's a, she works for Churchill. She's horse racing. Oh, okay. But I don't remember. You would know that I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't remember that happening. But it had to have been a couple of years ago because that's the only time. Well, because they upset us the very first year we were in the conference. Remember, they they were our first ACC loss. Where we, they? I couldn't remember that. We played them down in Charlottesville. There was a big fight right before half. Uh, James Quick tackled a guy after that. We threw a pick and you know, the tempers flared. Nick Dawson Brents went nuts. It was, it was quite the scene, and we should have won that game. And then Quick fumbled a punt to lose the game. Basically, this guy also asked this morning. That's the guy. Yes, our guys. Uh, Garrett, you guys like, why don't the Paris make Justin Fields a running back already? I'm like, no. Oh, boy. Wouldn't gonna work, buddy. Sorry. Wouldn't work. Texas, I just went and bought a 100-pack of glow sticks for $7. Really? Student section's going to be lit. Spell out. Thank you, Cincinnati. Make that happen, student section. Are glow sticks that cheap? Apparently. Also, uh. I'm just happy that college students listen to the show. <laughs> taking advice from us in life. Every time I see a relatively young person stop me and be like, "Man, you're you're funny," or "I love the show," I, I'm like, "Thank God, I still got it." Because I knew I knew like ten years ago. Ah, uh, you dropped the ball. You're going to do an out electric. Every time it makes me smile. It makes me smile because I know they're listening to the best. But you get to a certain point where you know, you wonder if you're still resonating with the kids, and I I, I don't think we are as much as we used to. But oh, I disagree. I think we're down with the the, the, the kid generation. We're we're cool. Tuck it, tuck it, tuck it. The fact that you just said that just. Ruined everything. I'm hip. I got you. Listen, I, I mean, my friends got younger kids. It's 21 and 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 in their teens still. I, got, I I know. I know. I know what. I know what 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 would be we be popping. Texture says, <laughs> "Did you guys know that it's illegal to walk on train tracks?" I was listening to the show, walking next to them, and just enjoying the fall weather, and got a bleeping ticket. Oh, the vibes for the glow game are absolutely ruined for me. I did not see that text going that way. I. That's a bad vibe move right there. I don't like that at all. Don't like that one bit. First Ticket all, for walking next to railroad tracks? Yeah, I mean, I could. See, I, I mean, it's probably not good to walk on tracks. It should be illegal because it's dangerous. It's probably. I can. And I can see it being a law. There's Ooh. a lot of funky laws in the state. That's you know who knows what they are. I mean, still, it's still legal to leave your horse unintended in Kentucky. But if I got a ticket for that, I'd be pissed. Well, I'm going to be more curious why you had a horse. Also, why would you, you know, if, you, if you're a cop, just be like, hey. Just you, get off the track. Yeah, can you please, It's by the way, I don't think you knew this, but it's illegal to walk that close to railroad tracks, please just just move. You don't need to give a ticket. That's a D-bag move. I don't know. I'd probably end up getting a ticket for probably cursing at the cop after that. I, I might have. I might have. You might be a better man than me, Texer, or woman if you are. Because uh, I, I I probably would have gotten said something really smart. Like, if you try to give me a ticket for that, I'd have probably gotten another ticket. Cool game vibe. The guy's ruining the vibes. That cop. That cop is not you, Texer. You're good. You're super. That cop is evil. He's a UK fan probably. Texas says Thomas Jefferson Middle, 1992, total freak feast. <laughs> no, that's not 92. I was. 
I was in middle in twenty. I was in middle school in ninety two. <laughs> Maybe I should have gone to Thomas Middle. Westport just you know, did I go to the Westport was a little stuck up. There is no way Thomas Middle had more was more ghetto than Westport. There's no way. Just more sexually advanced. <laughs> Again, I there's no way because I I can remember some of the girls that were that were in my sixth and seventh grade classes. Texas, my wife tells me all the time to stop grinding my crotch on her. Usually it's while she's cooking dinner or when she's trying to sleep. There's someone who's gotten to do whatever you want. Just don't wake me up speech. It's a healthy marriage right there. That's what that is. If you haven't grinded on your... I'm like kind of Jeff Foxworth joking. If you've grinded on your wife during while she's cooking dinner, you might be a freak. Texas, I really think we can hang with anyone in the country. No one looks overly dominant. We have NFL corners and a ferocious pass rush. Our defense could keep us in any game. Very well said. I agree. I think the defense. I think that part of it is is probably right. Um, I don't. I mean, then again, like I, I do. Kind of. I wonder how we're going to look in the trenches against a team like Kentucky. Like, like if we dominate them the same way that we've dominated these good but not great ACC teams, and the way we dominated Notre Dame, then I'll be like, okay, I, I feel pretty good about that. But there, there is a part of me. I, I think the Texas right. I think you're right, Trev. But there's a part of me that wonders if, but that's if it's more of, based on competition. But that's just possible. And, and I think there is some to that. But, I mean, with the Kentucky thing, the fear has got to be most post-traumatic from the last few years than is what you see from this year's Kentucky Well, yeah, team. Cause we, because we've been Down pretty good road, in the trenches yeah. against ACC teams, and then we've played them, and it's been like, oh. Although I will say last year our defense played better against UK so. than they had in, in the past for sure. Like, the, like, they didn't just light us up and they scored 26 points. And that was a good defense that had been really good down the stretch. This year, I, I, I think we're different. I, but you know, we'll find out for sure with some of these games late. That was also a UK offense. It wasn't very good last year either. It wasn't. Texas, if Texas, if Texas takes another loss, we go from win out and hope we get in to win out and we're probably in. I don't know if it's that straightforward. I mean, you still, like, again, if Bama beats Georgia in the SEC title game, they're both going. Like, like Bama would get in over us. Georgia would get in over us. You know, I think if. If Washington upset Oregon in the Pac-12 title game, like both those teams would be above us in the pecking order. Like it's, I don't think it's just that simple, but we'll need a little help. But hey, we're not doing that till tomorrow. We're not, we're not doing that till no scoreboard nope. watching until we win tonight. Nope, no scoreboard, not till uh, around maybe eleven thirty. Texas says, in what world does Doug look like Ted Cruz? Trevor, you have no idea what one or both of those people look like. I'm gonna, I'm, he does look like Ted Cruz, right? He looks like Grayson Allen. I mean, I'm thinking of somebody else. I just Google Ted Cruz. I'm thinking of some. What, who's the, who's the, who's the Republican uh, uh, politician that looks like Ted Cruz? That looks like Doug. Why are you? I don't. I have no idea. It's a Republican <laughs> <laughs> looks like Doug. <laughs> uh, now it just comes up. All right, we're moving on. Yeah. Okay. No, there's like there's one. That, I thought there was an annoying one that looked like Doug. I remember seeing my pictures. I'm on Twitter. I'm like, hey, look, that looks like Doug. Texas says so, Ted Cruz. so. Virginia's numbers are bad. Their record is terrible. But five of their losses have been by three points or less. How are they keeping games close? Do they make explosive plays? Are they forcing turnovers deep in opposing territory? They are decent with explosive plays, especially when the the freshman's playing quarterback, uh, Anthony Calandria. Like they they've hit on a couple big plays. They also have. I mean, we haven't talked about them yet. We will next hour. They got the best wide receiver in the conference. Like Malik Washington is the real deal. Yeah, he's good, and he's doing it without a big supporting cast. Like he is, he's option A, B, and C for them in passing. He's seventy nine catches for over a thousand yards already. 
Um, six touchdowns. He, he's, I think, averaging over 100 yards per game, which is nuts given that offense. So they've got him. He's a gigantic weapon for us. And he, it does make me a little bit concerned. You know, we like to do the thing where we're rushing four, we're getting heat. It's kind of a jailbreak pass rush. And, and then we're playing a soft zone. He's really good at finding those areas in the zone and then exploiting him with yards after catch. So, I mean, he is all eyes are on him in, in the secondary tonight for sure. But that's, I mean, he's a big part of the reason why they have been keeping games close against relatively good teams. Texture says, who broke our home winning streak in the mid-2000s? It was actually Steve Cragdiller. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. Texture says, I spit out my, I legit spit out my drink when TK said incest. <laughs> not bad. I just found Tate Chris without his, without his beard, he does look like Doug slightly. People say, I don't know what he looks like. Texture says, Trevor doesn't have a sibling, but he does have a mom. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, no, come on. Hey, now. You're going to make a lot of textures jealous. Texture says, Mike, quote, thankfully you don't have a sibling. Laughing. <laughs> Texture says, my goodness, the 4 o'clock hour really flew off the rails. Yes, it did. Glow game night, and y'all are talking about incels. Highest rung of quality. How did we get on incels? You brought it up for something. No, you br- you were talking about something. Oh, we were talking about, like, not getting laid. That was on you. And that and I, and I transitioned that. It was that. the who brought up you or Tim Scott who's going to have sex yeah. first. <laughs> Do I get like tax exemption for incel? Hmm. Texas TK quote, <laughs> I'm an incel. WTF have we become? Not an incel. Texas says, get TK a Red Bull. His head is not in the game. He's made some good jokes, though. My head's in the game. I'm glow I'm glowing, baby. You are glowing. I'm all for the glow. I'm G-L-O-W-ing. Texas TK has to get high and watch 2001 a Space Odyssey. I want his review of it so bad. I think it'd be, I think it'd be too boring for you. I think it moves too slowly for you. I can't. Yeah, I'm not. I think we've established like, yeah, Kubik's not really my like my favorite guy anyway. Like like you said, I, I like a half of Full Metal Jacket and what was uh and the shine. But so, but the shining really you can't. I mean that's that's Stephen King's work. I mean right. You can only take it. So, I mean you can give credit so much to the director, vice versa. Well, the director he did a hell of a job. It's, he it's, did. It's I know. A tough I'm, movie to put on screen. I understand. I agree. And I, and he did an awesome job of it. I just, but it's yeah just. Yeah, a few fewer movies that I get into with him. So it's kind of like Wes Anderson. Like I just don't get into Wes Anderson either. Texas, I got twenty glow sticks ready with my squad, waiting for Zombie Nation back to back sandstorm. Oh man, I mean, Joker and the Thief tonight's going to be crazy. If we're winning and we got glow game going nuts, I mean, I hope they turn the lights off for that. We some like light stuff and just you got the the team going nuts doing the air guitar with their glow and dark jerseys. This is the potential to be great. We got to get one of the like the. Um, the Star Wars lightsabers, glow, glowing lightsabers down to the player to do the air guitar for him. That'd be uh, incredible. My, my, our, our listener, my buddy, say he's got two. He's got a pair of the the big ones, you know, the lightsabers that glow up and stuff. Because he's a nerd like I am, uh, and like th- that's yeah, that we need to get that one of those down to the field and light it up green, like the the, the you know, Luke, Luke Luke Skywalker green, and then oh, it'd be awesome. Now take take a look at the. The next text. So this person has texted in twice. The first time, it's it's an address for a rental house. Is this the one with the the bears thing? Yeah, I don't know okay. if this is if this person's texting us for the show or what's going on, but it just says the Bears, Illinois coach needs to act intelligently. He has a good offensive game of flow. Isaac Jefferson, Indiana. Okay, I don't know what's happening there? Uh, I mean, he's giving us his address, and why are we talking about the Bears now? I mean, I, I can't remember the Bears coach's name to be honest with me. Matt Eberling, I think his name is. The Bears um, suck. Yeah, that, that's, why, that's why I don't want to remember his name because he's going to be gone after this year or next. Um, that's a weird text, dude. Like, Isaac? Whoop. No, what's going on there? He sent us his rent in the first Like, dude, are we supposed to come over? I don't know. I would love to come over. 
If you're inviting us, I mean, if he is, that's great. I mean, Texas says TK's Venus flytrap recliner is a forward and backward liability. <laughs> I would like to propose a survival counter move. When the recliner engages attack mode, TK is a lateral move to either side an option. Could you roll over to either side, no. taking the chair to the ground, and crawl out to live to fight another day? I, unfortunately, I can't because on the right of me is my cat is a couch, and on the left of me is a desk. And oh, it's straight two to one odds tonight that you get stuck in the chair. And also, it's two to one. <laughs> and also, because the chair, it's like it's on like a base frame because it's got like a metal like thing underneath it that lifts it up and down. So there's really no. I'm trying. I'm here. Here's the bad part. Like, so instead of, like, trying to avoid, like, sitting back and leaning back, because when I do, I fall back in this chair, I found myself the last few days having more of a gangsta lean to, like, the right and left, preferably the left for some reason. And I feel like me doing this is causing, like, I'm going to end up breaking the chair by knocking the the armchair off because I'm putting all my weight, like, now on the left hand side. And I'm just, like, looking just to destroy this chair in all ways. I feel like tonight the chair is going to get over. Because something's going to make you mad. You're going to forget about the chair for a split I'm second. Sit back. And you're going to sit back and you're going to get stuck in the chair again. It's two to one. It's two to one. I'll let you know if it I'm happens. putting money on getting stuck. Last night I didn't. Oh, I know. But you're, you're more aware. Like, you're gonna it's like I'm full like four out of five days you get stuck in the chair. Yeah, you've gotten stuck more times than not in the last three days. So <laughs> you're going to get lost in the game a little bit. You're going to lose track. You're, you're going to forget that the chair's broken. You're going to lean back or get overly excited about something. And you're, that, that chair's going to fold up on you. You might die. Man, my size should never have my knees above my scrotum. Texas says so. Trevor basically has a glory hole in his room. No, no, no. no. Well, it's, a, it's a people in his, <laughs> in his, not in his room. It's his the the production room. And to be honest with you, the way it's set up too, because there's two of them. I mean, it does kind of come off creepy, man. Hole in the wall. It, it's very because there's one like right where the eye would go, and one where you know. I mean, go. I feel weird when I walk past it. Like, I'm like it, it looks like something Halloweeny. Like this is like some sort of crazy, creepy. <laughs> Like haunted house. It does. Like, like in a movie, you would look through that hole, and then like, a, like an alien would like, sp- like sprint right in front of it, and like stare you down. Like that's that's what it is. It's terrifying. Movie species. I do remember the movie species for one specific reason. I, I know. Did you ever wonder yourself like I would I would make that trade in life? <laughs> what a way to go. At that age, yes. Oh yeah, it that crossed age, yeah. my mind. At that age, you know, I'm just desperate. You're, you're going for it. Plus, at that age, I mean, when that movie came out, that was that was porn. <laughs> I mean. Okay. Texas says, I'm bringing 100 red glow necklaces. I'm telling you, that I, I love hearing about the visuals. Yeah, I keep saying green. I mean, because I guess because of the video and the, what you posted, like, bam, shouldn't the bam, glow be bam, red, though? Bam. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with whatever. Just make it just make it glow. <laughs> Texas eyes wide shut with straight porn. Yeah, well, it was that was pretty pornish. I agree. This is Mike, have you heard anything about the chance that we get Jamari back for next year? I haven't. I mean, I don't know if it's a conversation that's been had. I know that he has a year of eligibility left if he, if he wants to use it. Um, but... I have no idea. I know he's got an NIL deal here. I'm not sure if it will be enough to to keep him going. I know his draft stock probably isn't going to like get much higher he, he, playing six years in college, but maybe he doesn't care about that. So, I don't know. Texture says, I think Almost Famous is banned. Crow followed was Almond Brothers, not Zeppelin. Um, That might be true. I know he was very good. He was very close with Zeppelin. And he, and he did cover them for Rolling Stone. Because if you've noticed... The only two movies you're going to hear Zeppelin music in are Fast Times and Almost Famous until just recently. Texas, they, they were very stingy about their music, but they would let Cameron Crowe use it because they were friends with him. Texas thinks that you're talking about Rick Santorum. About who? Oh, oh, the what's his name? Rick Santorum is the one who he, he thinks you're talking about. It looks like Doug. Santorum? Yeah. 
Centaur. All right, we got to go to break. We're 50 now. We're up against okay. the hard out. We got five o'clock hours up next. We will be back live yeah. on 90 on 1450, 961, and 970 WGTK. Your pre pregame show starts next. You're on the Big X. The Big X Sports Radio, 1450 and 96.1 FM, WXVW, Jeffersonville, W230CK. I don't think anybody actually knows the words. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It feels good. Let it flow over you. Welcome in, everybody. It's the 5 o'clock hour here at the Mike Rutherford Show. It's also the first and only hour of the UofL pre-pregame show. We're live now on 1450 The Big X, also 96.1 FM and 970 WGTK, your home new, new home for Cardinal Athletics. Getting you ready for kickoff between Louisville and Virginia. 7.30 kick, ESPN, Thursday night, glow game. It's all happening. we got a little bit of news here. Uh, Trev, Pete Thamel's stealing from us again. He loves listening to the show. Not stealing from us, Thamel. He loves taking our injury reports. First hour, I told you Jarvis Brownlee is going to be out again tonight, and that I, I was assuming that Jamari Thrash and Jawar Jordan would both suit up and go through warm-ups, and then they'd see how they feel. Um, Brian Hudson's going to play. He's got one leg. He's playing. Jawar, I think we'll see how it goes. Jamari, I think, is less likely to play, but he will suit up. Pete Thamel says the same thing. He says, big pregame for Louisville tonight as it hosts Virginia on ESPN. Both star wide receiver Jamari Thrash and star running back Jawar Jordan are considered game-time decisions. Both are expected to suit up and attempt to play. Thrash did not play last week. Star cornerback Jarvis Brownlee is out again. I think calling Jarvis Brownlee the star is a little bit. I mean, Quincy Riley is the star cornerback, right? Right? I don't know. I mean, I don't really consider one. I, I like to think of them as, a, as a, a group. They're both stars? Yeah. All right. I'm cool with that. But... Nothing unexpected there. Storm Duck will get the start again at cornerback. There's no iron team. There's no iron team. Storm Duck played well last week against VT. I would assume that he's going to play well again this week. And I, my guess with Jawar Jordan is that he feels the same way that he's felt the last couple of weeks. I think he plays tonight. I think they use him on the first mm-hmm. series. And I think if they figure out early in the game that they don't really need him because we can just run the ball with Isaac or we can run the ball with Maurice or we can run the ball with whoever, that he just goes ahead and, and sits for the rest of the night and we get – get him saved up for Miami and Kentucky because we're definitely going to need him at as close to 100% as possible. If, if, if he's not, if he's kind of called it a night by, by the, the time the start of the second quarter, it would be a good night for us. For sure, 100%. Totally agree. By volunteering that and not like being forced out. It is a, you know, they're all big games for Louisville at this point. There's a ton to play for every time they step on the field. Louisville's a 20-and-a-half point home favorite tonight against a Virginia team that's 2-7 and seven, but has played four one-score games. They've lost three of their four conference games by just three points, and they have a pretty impressive victory over North Carolina back when the Tar Heels were number 10 in the country. Big difference from us, North Carolina, is though we play defense, they never try. This is very true. This is definitely true. Tonight, I mean, the implications are large for obvious reasons. Louisville, if they win, we don't need. To, we can dive into the scenarios if you want to. It's it won't, They can't 100% lock up a, a trip to the ACC championship game tonight with a win. But they can come pretty close. I won't bore you with the details right now. But if Louisville wins tonight, it takes a wild sequence of events over the next two weeks, two and a half weeks, I guess, for Louisville to get bested by somebody. It would take North Carolina. I mean, if you want to keep it really simple, if Louisville wins tonight, 
and North Carolina loses to Duke on Saturday, it's done. We, we are automatically in the, the ACC title game. And even if North Carolina does win this game and Louisville loses to Miami next week, it's going to take a, a fairly wild sequence of events. I think the percentage likelihood if Louisville wins tonight is like 95.7% that they're going to the conference championship game. So not technically a win and you're in, but very, very close to it. The other thing that I like about the setup right now, we've done this, this is the fourth weeknight game we've played this season, is, I mean, look, we all know where Louisville sits in the college football playoff rankings. And I've said I'm not going to talk about the playoff or scoreboard watching or any of that stuff until we, we get to 9-1 and one and we have this bye weekend. Winning tonight and then getting to watch what we hope would be chaos unfolding throughout Saturday, it, it has that feel of it of like winning early on that Thursday of the NCAA tournament where my team's safe and sound, there's more to play, bigger games to play ahead, and now I can just sit back, drink a little bit, eat a little bit, and watch all the madness unfold around me. We want that weekend. We oh, need that weekend. I'm getting that weekend because I got the Eagles on by too. So, I, I mean, this is – I get through this night. I, I got a three-day, I mean, I don't know, basketball, I guess, but uh, I, got, I got a weekend of enjoyment, yeah. It's Except I, I'll lose on my bets. That's what you have to play for tonight <laughs> is getting a chance to sit back and be like, you know what, we've got a t- two tough Saturday games coming up, but for this weekend, we're going to kick back, yep. we're going to relax, we're going to see who we need to lose, and we're going to start, we're, we're going to keep dreaming the biggest of dreams. That's what winning this game allows you to do. And because of that, look, to quote Jeff Brom, it's now the most important game we have this season. We've had some some bigger games against better teams early on, but every game now becomes the most important game of the season with this much at stake. We have not been nine and one since all the way back in 2016, and then we got to nine and one. That season imploded at the very end. We finished nine and four. I mean, we haven't had a ten win season since Charlie Strong left here. I know I got 13 in math, so this might be explained a little bit. Like, because as I look at the standings, I see if we is. Beat Virginia, and but we do fall to Miami. Okay, uh huh. Like we we tied the only team that we would tie with in losses that would get a bump over us would be North Carolina, right? That's correct. Okay, I just want to make sure I did that right. Okay, they have three league games left. So basically, because okay. I mean, we tied with Georgia Tech. We got tiebreaker Boston College. We have tiebreaker Duke. Tiebreaker NC State. Raw Tech. They're all the ones with two losses as well, along with North Carolina and us. Here's the simplest way because well, there's there's still a likely scenario if we lose to Miami and North Carolina wins out, it's still much more likely that we still get to go to the conference championship game. But the the simplest solution is we beat Virginia. I mean, if we beat Virginia, we beat Miami. Done deal. We're, we're in automatically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But if we beat Virginia and lose to Miami, UNC, they still have to beat Duke, Clemson, and NC State. If they lose one of those three games, They're done. we're in. Yeah. Or if the VT Boston College winner loses one of its last two games, we're in. Doesn't matter what North Carolina does. Or if Georgia Tech beats Clemson and Syracuse, less likely, but still, Boom, we're in. We're the, tiebreaker. So, so none of those three things can happen if if we're not going to get if we're going to get left out of the, the ACC championship game. And again, none of it happens if we win our last two games. We're yeah. automatically in. So it's again, if we win tonight, it's like a ninety six percent likelihood that we're going to the conference championship game. But let's just go ahead and make it simple. Let's make it one hundred percent by winning the next two games. That's amen. And you know, you, Florida State out there, a lot of fans are talking about Orange Bowl and it's like is it in our best interest to to root for Florida State? Yeah, if we're going to lose the conference championship game, but if we're going to win the conference championship game, who cares? But I have no intention of losing the conference title game. Trevor's already said he has no intention of Oh, we're going to beat Florida State. The oh, conference I, championship game. I I I'm, I have made a sweeping declaration right now. We're going to beat Florida State if we play them in the title game. That's I mean, the last time you did this, we lost to Kentucky by a billion points. That that, 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 that doesn't count. We're looking in the past. 
Live in the now, my friend. I've got a question for you. And in the now, we're beating FSU. Trivia time. All right, I love trivia. So the Louisville defense has been dominant. Always. Making a case to potentially be the best defense history. in the history of Louisville football. Of football, yeah. As of right now, in the national categories, we have 133 FBS teams, I believe. Okay. How many defensive categories do you think we rank in the nation's top 10 in? Oh, wow. Uh, how many categories are there? Uh, let's say 25. I'd say 11 of them. Nine. I was close. Red zone defense, number four. I mean, points per game are probably up there. I mean, we give up, what, 15 points a game? Points per game, we're not in the top 10. Oh, we're not? Okay, wow. Because, I mean, you think, like, you know, we gave up 33 to. to yeah, but we give up 15 a game. That's pretty low. It's I pretty mean. good. But, you know, you've got a lot. Like, these, some of these lower conference teams, they play a lot of. Them. I guess you got. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Red zone defense, we're Utah's number four. Utah's like eight points a right. game. Field goals allowed, we're number four. We've only given up field goals, five field goals this season. Third, <laughs> third down defense. We're only allowing opponents to convert on 28% of their third down plays. That's sixth best in the country. I feel like field goals allowed can be a hidden stat. Like, what if you're number one in that, but you also give up, like, a bunch of touchdowns? It'd be bad. I mean, that's just kind of like, well, we don't give up field goals because we just let them score in the end zone. <laughs> Completion percentage allowed. Opponents are only completing 53% of their passes against us. That's sixth best in the, in the country. That's pretty good. Punts forced. We're, for, we're forcing 6.2 punts per game. Sixth best in the country. That's pretty good. Opponents are only allowing, uh, getting 14.8 first downs per game. Seventh best in the, in the country. Rush defense. We're allowing 88.7 yards per game. We've held our last five opponents to less than 100 yards, which is unbelievable. Eighth best in the country. Plays. We've only allowed 538 plays. Ninth best in the country. And rushing yards per carry allowed 2.97, 10th best in the country. This defense is phenomenal. See, I don't need to go out and find a lady. Louisville's defense does it all for me. It does. It really does. It, 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 it just, and, it, and it comes right into my home. The cra- a crazy stat that I saw in C.L. Brown, <laughs> Brown had a column in the Courier Journal, I think it was either yesterday or the day before, talking about the defense. And you know, he, he made a good point noting no – I know Ashton Gelade is getting a lot of NFL draft love. He's getting a lot of individual love. But as of right now, on Pro Football Focus's list of the 200 top defensive draft prospects for the upcoming NFL draft, there are no UofL players on it. And, and you know, last year we had we had Keetrell Clark, we had Yaya Diaby, we had uh, Yasir Abdullah. All three of those guys got drafted. Like they were superstars. Yep. And we it, it's kind of been a defense by committee this year. But one of the it was a good good column. But the, the the stat that he threw out there that was the craziest to me. We've had 66 opponents, 66 offensive possessions for our opponents. Only 21 of them have gotten across midfield. That's nuts. Last week, Virginia Tech got across midfield twice the whole game, and it happened in the first half. Like we've been just absolutely destroying teams, and it's beautiful to watch. I, yes, it has been. What was that stat set one more time? 66 so opponent, opponents have had 66 possessions. Only 21 of them have gotten across midfield. That's insane. It's insane. Because you have to take into account, I'm assuming that the, the ones that, like, start Are across midfield. Are mostly 25 or 20. Or, yeah. or the, the ones or, that, like, you know, so if you throw an interception, they return it to, like, your 20. Like, that counts as them being across midfield for an offensive possession. Well, I can think of at least three times this year where we that didn't mm-hmm. happen, where the defense, they were across midfield without defense even playing. So, in terms of, like, traditional possessions where they've started, let's say, behind their own 35-yard line, it, it, that percentage has to be even higher. Like, we are just— The Indiana— the, Kick, uh, started the second half is one example. Yeah, we're just destroying teams. Like, like we are. This defense has been suffocating. I never That's thought. Awesome. I think back to the Charlie Strong teams, and, and I, you know, it got to a point where I hated that we were winning such like, games against bad teams, like twenty to thirteen. Nah, just... And people are like, it's not fun to win with defense. I think it is fun to win with defense the way that we're doing it. 
where like like we knew the offense had more to give. Like we had Teddy Bridgewater for God's sake, and we just weren't letting him un- unleash. But us winning with defense and in like a, a really legit stable of running backs is fun as hell. Like we, you just see, there's nothing more demoralizing in football than just running it down the throat of somebody else, That's and that beautiful. that team's looking at you and being like, "What do you want us to do?" Like we, there's nothing we can do to stop it. We've seen it happen to us at times. It sucks. Like it's just it's terrible. We've done it now. Well, like three of the last four games, and it's been so much fun to watch. Like it's great to be on the other side of that. You know me, I'm old school. I I love a good old. I mean, I grew up. You know, when I started loving the Eagle as an Eagles fan in the late '80s. I mean, that was defense. That was all Buddy Ryan, and you know, just shut you down defensively. Offense was another story, but <laughs> bad as it was. But the uh, but that and that's kind of I've always. I mean, you know, man, I'm an old man a little bit in ways, and I, I, not that I don't enjoy a high octane offense and spread around. Kind of the John L. Smith days, you know. Of winning shootouts, but I, I I'm more I guess kind of Big Tenish. I I, li- I don't I like a just good ground game, pound you down, and just shut you down on defense. Like old school, like you said, winning games twenty four to ten or twenty four, you know, seventeen three. I, I I like that. That's just I'm, I'm vanilla that way. I guess you you love this team. That's why you love them so much. They yeah. have been. I mean, we've again they're, they're a team after my own heart. Keeping the each of the last five opponents, we've played. Some, this was supposed to be the toughest stretch of the season. When we we started this year out, we circled that whole middle part of the season with NC State and Pitt and Notre Dame and Duke, and we're like, damn, like that's going to be really really tough. We've held each of our last five opponents to less than 100 yards rushing, which is just just nuts. So we talked about the beginning, and I feel like I do this song and dance every Friday or when we, you know or Thursday when we're playing a Thursday night game about. Everyone says you need to start fast. Like, starting fast, it should be a key for every team in every game. But especially with the way that we're playing right now, one of the reasons why we've been able to to, to not have to change things and stick with a defense run heavy approach is because of the way that we've started games. We are outscoring opponents 69-7 to in the first quarter. Only team to score on us in the first quarter is the only team that beat us this year, which is Pitt. And we are 18-0 and over the past five seasons when shutting out an opponent in the first quarter. So it's not just this season. Fast starts are key, but they're especially key when you have a an offense that wants to be heavy on the run, especially recently, and a defense that's good at suffocating teams. And Virginia, I think, very much fits the mold of the offenses that we've played more times than not this year. They do have a big play threat. They've got a little bit of big play potential, but for the most part, they've been anemic at times. I think if you get in the backfield and make Calandria or Musket, if he's healthy enough to play, uncomfortable they're mistake prone they also i think couldn't might fold a little bit like like they they definitely folded last week against georgia tech when things got away from them they oh have, yeah that was uh, yeah they have a stable of running backs that all get a decent amount of carries but nobody that really terrifies you paris jones is fine but he's not great um the only guy that really just terrifies you is malik washington the wide receiver who is i mean look leads the ac in receiving yards leads the ac in receptions is third uh and second in the fbs respectively in both those categories, he's caught a pass in 34 straight games and has had a 100-yard receiving effort in four consecutive games. He's the first UVA player to ever do that, and he's sixth all-time on their single-season receiving yards list. I know Jamari Thrash is having a fantastic year, but even if he'd stayed healthy, Washington, I think, would be the guy to beat for ACC Receiver of the Year. He's that good, and look, it's it's Quincy Riley, step up. The, the thing that scares me about this, and I promise I'll shut up after this, yeah, right. He, they use him in the slot a ton. And we've seen, we get mismatched a lot defensively uh, with slot receivers on our linebackers. You know, last week it happened a couple of times, and I think we were praising, was it TJ Quinn or somebody else who, who was in coverage? 
Like they want Malik Washington to have those. And if we're going to play our standard base defense, where we're bringing four, we're playing a soft zone, or you know, we are trying, we're bringing an extra guy, we're playing cover two. Like Malik Washington could wind up with some some really serious mismatches. I don't know if we're going to bring Quincy Riley inside and just hang out on him, or we're going to bring a safety up and say your job is to just go wherever this this monster goes. But that matchup alone is the maybe the one thing that I look at on paper and say this is reason to be a little bit nervous he's been targeted 15 plus times in three straight games that's i mean he's he's their whole offense pretty much that's a lot of targets in college football he's good he hasn't been targeted less than 10 times since the uh, james madison game here's the targets he takes for a game 13 13 12 10 15 16 16 it's a lot of targets it sounds like jamari thrash in the pit game but it's every week yeah and and, and in the last three games 11 12 12 these are his receptions yeah, he's, 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 I know because he's on my fantasy team. He's the real deal. He's, like, hey, he's a great pick. Malachi Fields is a good secondary receiver, but he is Malik Washington is option one, two, and three for them. <laughs> Thrashed by way the pick game, 17 targets. Yeah, I mean, that, that, and it, felt like, it felt like, and we threw the ball 52 times. It felt like every one of them was going to him. But Calandria is a guy that he's a little bit more dynamic. He has big play potential. He can make some plays with his feet. Uh, he will take more shots downfield, but he's also he's thrown seven picks. Tony Musket, thrown five picks, but he's a little bit more conservative. Whoever is back there playing quarterback, and I think it will be Calandria tonight, they're going to just zero in on Malik Washington, and it's on our defense to, one, get in the backfield and make sure that it doesn't matter how much you're zeroed in on Malik Washington, and two, to not let him just just tear us up single-handedly. Because he is, I mean, he does kind of have that T.Y. Hilton, I can put up points almost entirely by myself on you ability. And we haven't faced a guy like that in a while. He could have a good game between the 20s maybe tonight for me. I'm... I've lost three in a row in that league, and Travis Kelsey right now is is, is winning. That's not good. Yeah, I'm, I'm still having my stepdad, though. Uh, Jawar Jordan, by the way, is just, if we're talking about stats, Jawar Jordan, 881 yards. He's now second in the ACC in rushing. He was nice. first going into last week, but you know, limited snaps because Isaac was doing what he was doing, but still needs just 119 yards to become uh, L's 23rd all-time 1,000-yard rusher in a season. It's a elite group. He's going to join it at some point. It's a matter of whether it's this week, next week, or in, in two weeks. So we've had 23,000-yard rushers. Yes. I wonder how many I can. I don't want to do it now, but I wonder how many I can name. You get, I mean, quarterback also taken into account. Yeah, yeah. Because well, I know the last two running backs that have done it, it we hadn't had one since Bilal Powell before J.B. Hawkins did it in 2019. We had a stretch of them in, the, in, like, the 2000s where we had, like, it's mm-hmm. different, like it was Calvin Arrington, Frank Moreau. Um, I wonder how many. I mean, yeah, 23. I bet I. I think I could name at least 15, maybe 14. I, I bet you could. But if you let me strain about it, I bet I could. I think, I think I could name more than half. The other thing that makes me, because, you know, we've talked about reasons to be, you have a little bit of nerves going into this game. A little bit. The biggest one, why I don't. Mostly covering is my, my biggest nerve, I guess. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, covering's one thing. If we're talking about winning, then that, that's all I care about. Just I win the game, I, I agree survive too, in yeah. advance. My biggest comfort in this game is the same as it's been the last two weeks. We've been so good at home. So good at home. We are, we've gone over 400 yards of offense in, in three of our five home games. Hey, last week, we could have easily gone over 400, but we didn't because we were just playing it very, very vanilla down the stretch. We have, we're averaging over 40 points per game still at home despite playing this vanilla offense. Like we've just, we've not just been winning games at home, we've been destroying everybody that we've played. And Virginia, I mean, not a great road team historically. They've not been good away from home this year. BC beat them uh, at home. Maryland thumped them at home. 
They did when they won the Carolina game on the road, and they almost beat Miami. Miami good anywhere. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's just like I don't think that they're going to come in here with a ton of confidence. And even if there was a concern about us overlooking Virginia or looking ahead to the conference championship game talk, I think the fact that it's a home game, I think the fact that the crowd's going to bring it, that people are excited about the glow game atmosphere, mm-hmm. like there's no real excuse. We, we don't have the excuses that we have for the pit game. There's no excuse for us to lay an egg at this one. We're a better team than they are. We should have our eyes fully focused, and if we're not – that crowd should be able to jar us back into focus early on tonight. I think it's going to be – it should be a Cardinal victory to get to 9-1 and one and continue controlling our destiny in the conference championship race. Much like the NC State game, I'd be a lot more worried if, if this was a road game. Uh, totally. I mean, I, 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 I mean, the NC State game, I, I swear, I think – I mean, they got ten, we got 10 points, but probably seven of those came off the, the inspiration of their crowd. They were pumped for that game. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. If you're out there at Card March, if you're out there at the uh, tailgating, let us know what it looks Send like. Send us a picture. Texas says, I got a report from Card March. All right. This, what we got? This is a big one, too. Jack Plummer has the must. Oh, uh, yeah. And game's over. Done. We're going to ride that stash to the ACC title game. I don't. N- no thrash. Yes, thrash. It doesn't matter because we got the stash. <laughs> I was hoping you would rhyme it that way. Passing game's going <laughs> to kick ass because he's got the stash. Just look. Mustache Jack Plummer doesn't make mistakes. No, he doesn't. Mustache Jack Plummer just win game, wins games. I was watching. Uh, I, 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 I only got a few minutes of it, but I know how much you also love the movie as I do, and you should. A, th- a million ways to die in the West. I do not love that movie. Yeah, I know. I was being sarcastic. Thank you. Uh, but you, you should. Said it, you said it so earnestly. It's so like, funny. Oh. But the, one of my favorite things is I don't, you know the plot is you know he he loses him loses the girl to uh, Neil Patrick Harris and he has the mustache. They do the song, if you only have a mustache, a mustache, a mustache, if you only have a mustache. I feel like we should play that song when when Plummer comes out to the field. I'm fine with that. (laughs) If you like the movie, you'd appreciate the joke better. It's a good movie. I don't know how you don't like it. It's funny. Anyways, Jack Plummer mustache. This will be the the fourth time by my count that he's had the mustache. We're 3-0. He's been fantastic. Yep. Uh, BC, and then I think the last two weeks he's had the mustache. And Notre Dame, so four times he's had the mustache. If he shaves it, I get a little bit worried, but no concern there. If you are at, at Card March, let's know. I guess Card March just probably went down. Team marching on, into the field, seven thirty, ESPN. I, mean, I still like, you know, I did the Chuck Oliver show today, and he was like, I feel like when I think Louisville, I think kind of Thursday night games. Is that I don't know if that's fair or not. I was like, yeah, I mean, I I do too. Like we've had some of our biggest moments on Thursday nights, and I don't mind shining a spotlight on the fact that we're number eleven in the country. People are going to be talking about us. I don't care who our opponent is. People are going to be talking about us more playing this game on Thursday than they would if we got lost in the shuffle on Saturday. So hopefully it's a good opportunity for us to showcase the brand, showcase the glow game, and kind of, you know, reinforce. I think people are – I think history of Thursday night games too. The ACC, I know Miami Miami and West Virginia comes up as one, and that was a big East game at the time. NC State, Florida State. But NC State uh, – Virginia, Florida State. Virginia, Florida State. Like some of the big – I think ACC a little bit sometimes on – I mean, I know, I know, we weren't AC at the time, but I remember the game when we played North Carolina on Thursday night. They were ACC, we weren't at the time. But mm-hmm. I mean, ACC was kind of like one of the precursors of getting in their foot in the door of those Thursday night games. For sure, they were the first big yeah. conference to really embrace it. I, I, I do. Yeah, I, the Florida State one's the most. That's got to be the most. Like between that and the the West Virginia one, where the guy gets run over by the Florida yeah. and Miami guy. Like those are the two most famous Thursday night games, right? That was what's his name, the Soldier, the, the uh, uh, Giants tight end. Oh yeah. Um, Oh, Shockey. 
Yeah, no, no, no. No, it wasn't shocking. The guy he ran over was like Mayweather or something, I think. It, you, it was Mayweather, but the, the Miami tight end, it was the... It was, oh, Winslow. Jay, yeah, Kellen Winslow. Thank yeah. You. I, I, I just remember the, 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 the like Mayweather or something like that. Was Otis, it was Otis or something like that was the, the defensive back's name. But the to, to get back, the I think there's a lot of interest right now in Louisville from the rest of the college football world. Like I think people have seen, maybe they watched the Duke game because that was national TV primetime on ABC, but they probably saw the Virginia Tech score. They're paying more attention to us now that we're climbing up the CFP rankings. Everybody's doing this thing where they list the teams that have a realistic shot at making the playoff because no two-loss Power 5 team has ever gone and no one-loss Group of 5 team has ever gone. So by that measure, here are the teams that still have a shot. And we're always right at the bottom of that list. You know, We're the, we're the last one-loss team in terms of the rankings in, in the college football playoff rankings. I think people are seeing these scores and hearing some of these pundits talk about us, and I think that people want to know, like, is Louisville really that good? Like, like are, are they for real? They lost to Pitt. Can they be that good? They look great against Notre Dame. Is that who they are? And this is another opportunity. I know we don't really care that much about what the rest of the country thinks, at least people that don't matter, but it would be nice to show our stuff tonight and have people talking about us con- continually throughout the rest of the month because I, agree. I think we've earned that. And it's, hey, and it's fun when people say nice things about your football program at a national level. I mean, yeah, when you're on a national game like this and you're primetime and you win, you get you get like an entire segment on like uh, Sports Center's SVP. Yeah, that's always fun too. Yeah, and it, it is because if you lose, you don't want to watch it. You don't. <laughs> you definitely don't. No. Let's take our last break. When we come back, uh, we'll have more thoughts on tonight's Louisville-Virginia game. We'll take a couple of texts from you guys at 502-414-1450. And then we'll make our bold predictions for tonight's game. It's the Cards. It's the Cavs. It's coming your way in about two hours. We'll talk about it more here on 1450, 961, and 970, The Big X Family. Come on. Know it's game time. Let them know, Archie. I'm over get pumped. Did you hear? I'm over. I'm getting into it over here. I can't help it. Trevor's headbanging. I can't I'm gonna see break him. Something. I'm not. I'm worried about it. I can't see him, but I know what he's doing. Archie. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the left to right white man dance, baby. Archie's ready. Archie's ready. The glow game's ready. We're, going We're ready. I love how the Joker the and the Thief had a glow reference in the end of that song. Where Did I'm it? Going. Yeah. It's perfect. So it went right into the. Yeah, it's something about making it glow. Then we're gonna take it slow. Telling you the story about a joker and a thief. We got about uh, 25 minutes here to talk uh, on the pre pregame show. Then we'll hand things over to the professionals uh, on 970 WGTK. Paul Rogers, Jody Demling and company will get you ready for kickoff at 730 between the Cards and the Cavs. If you want to have your thoughts heard between now and the end of the show, hit us up on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. So, TK, Woo! final confidence level for this game. You were low yesterday. You, you worried the people. Scale of 1 to 10, 1, Louisville's definitely losing, 10, Louisville's definitely winning. Forget about the spread, just winning the game. Just winning the game. no matter. Where are you right now two hours before kickoff? Whether it's a comfortable win or a, or a one-point win, um, it doesn't matter the confidence level for a victory in, in, in the bottom line is, uh, is, is a 9. 9, you're up to a 9 now. I'm at a 9. What changed for you? Just thinking 
just getting pumped up. So it's you a, think it's going to be a little bit dicey? I, I think Archie. But you think we win? I think it will be dicey. Um, not dicey to where we're like, it's like down to a last play. Like I have a final score in my head already. Okay. But like. Some anxious moments. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, maybe, maybe making it, letting it stay too close against a team that you expect because of the last three, two weeks that we played, the way we played, you expect to be blowing out. I think anything short of a 20 point victory, especially the way we've looked the last two weeks against two better teams, could be disappointing. Yeah, I think that you're right. I, I think that the standard has definitely been raised, which feels weird to say when, you know, three weeks ago we were talking about losing to Pitt, who's not very good at all, 38 21, but you've got. The Notre Dame game now, which feels like less of a fluke given the way that they've played the last two weeks, blowing out Virginia Tech, who'd been playing so well. Despite what they played last week. Yeah, blowing out Duke, who, who yeah, had been playing well before that game. All of a sudden, expectations are raised, I, I think, for both people looking at Louisville from the outside looking in and our own fan base. You have a game where, on paper, you're a 20-and-a-half-point favorite, at least last I checked. Virginia does not do anything particularly well outside of having Malik Washington. They're 82nd in total offense. They're 89th in total defense. They really don't defend the run well, no. which has been your bread and butter all season long. You've run on teams that have had good run defenses. You get the sense that we should be able to just run all over them. They've got to be last eight in rush defense, right? I believe they are. I mean, the 89th given, in the country. Yeah, they've given them over 100 every game and over 200, I think, in three games, including 300 against Georgia Tech. Yeah, well, I mean, and we saw that Georgia Tech team. We know, like, they've got Hassan Hall, who we know very well, I don't think you even played in that game, but they don't have the type of run game that should be stacking up 300 plus yards on anybody. Uh, it just like this is not a game where I feel like we should be legitimately threatened, which makes me nervous because when I've been pessimistic or, or cautiously optimistic, we've actually played our best football. So hopefully Louisville goes out there and takes care of business. It's a you know I think another opportunity for the defense to shine on a national stage. Ashton Gelati can show out. The secondary, I mean, we talk about Malik Washington having all these consecutive games with 100 yards receiving, averaging over 100 yards receiving, being in the top three in the country in virtually every major receiving category. If this secondary goes out there and shuts him down a little bit, maybe you do start getting more attention for guys like Quincy Riley and guys like Josh Minkins and guys like Devin Neal and Cam Kelly that have been good all season long but haven't gotten a ton of shine. Uh, this is a big challenge for them. I mean, Malachi Fields is also a, a good secondary receiver, but maybe the defense starts getting a little bit more national attention if they absolutely shut these guys down tonight in a lopsided win. Or if it's just, you know, another one of those, like, hey, 21-7 to, to seven type games. I think I'm fine with win, that, too. So I'll take a win. Yeah, I mean, it may change our perspective tomorrow, but won't change my perspective on how we go look going into Miami. It's just to be a, a hiccup of a game if it, it is a close win. I don't know why I just went down this rabbit hole. I just, I, I just thought I'd look to see where Virginia's like, stats were for rushing. And some reason I just put, I clicked on the wrong thing. It took me like the ACC's all time rushing leaders. Do you know who leads the ACC in all time rushing? Chris Barkley. That's actually not a bad guess. He's actually eighth. I know he led the league in rushing one year. And that led to me my second funny fact was that he is eighth. Ninth, seventh is Lamar Jackson, who is exactly one hundred yards ahead of him. My next guess was going to be Lamar. By the way, I said it's not all. I meant Trayvon Cooley. Yeah, uh, it's actually Tra uh, Travis Etienne. Who, ah, that makes sense. Who, who broke a Ted Brown record from 1978 by 50 yards. Okay, I'm glad it was a long time ago because I was about to say, I've got no idea who Ted Brown is. Yeah, and most of them are modern. Ted Brown, 78's number two. Um, after, I mean, uh, some guy from North Carolina's uh, uh, Amos Lawrence is right there, but then you have like A.J. Dillon, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. Uh, I don't know if you remember Lamont Jordan or not. Name sounds familiar. He played He played the Raiders for a few years, and then Thomas Jones is right up there to round mm. up the top ten. So, yeah, pretty modern except for that one guy. I don't know why. I just I, 
I thought it was funny to see Lamar exactly 100 yards at Barkley. made me laugh a little bit. Which, I mean, it's also crazy that Lamar played basically two and a half seasons. Yeah, and he's, he's 70. <laughs> and did that. Just absolute nutso. He's got to be the only quarterback on this, I mean, anywhere near the top 20 on this list, I think. I mean, think about, like, Malik played here seven years, and he, he's, he's not in the top 10. I mean, the best thing is, like, is these are all, like, NFL Dylan, Lamont Jordan, Barkley. These guys have played in the Thomas Jones was a long time NFL. Work done. These are all NFL running backs, and here's, like, Lamar Jackson, like, the one wide receiver. Leon Johnson, yeah, I don't see another wide quarterback anywhere near this list. When you think about... I at least know he's a quarterback. Yeah. When you think about Louisville and Virginia, this is a, a weird... I feel like we've been forced into this rivalry, which you can't even call it that. You know, we stepped into Maryland's spot in the ACC when they left for the Big Ten, and their you know, interdivisional, or I guess out-of-division rival was Virginia. So we just made the scheduling easy for us to play them every year. And it felt strange. Basketball was a natural rivalry if we'd ever actually beat them. But football, it was kind of like, you know, they didn't really care about us. We don't really care about them. Yes. And the weird thing is we've played a ton of competitive games against them. You know, the series is just 6-5. There's been a bunch of one-score games. You know, we had a, a fight back in 2014. And at the end of all that, I still feel like neither side really cares about the other that much. Is that fair? No, it's it's, it's fair. I mean, I, I mean, there's a little more hatred in basketball mainly because of just the win loss record from the Dutch versus them. I think. Well, yeah, it's just us hating them and them laughing. At us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I hate when that happens when it's like that. But no, yeah. But when it comes to like, yeah, the football, yeah, I, don't, I just kind of felt like we like Kentucky got the same kind of like rap. Like they were like, well, you're not really rousing, but let's we'll stick you with Mississippi State. You know, and that's how I felt we got when we got to AC. It's like, well, you're not really rousing. Virginia didn't have rivals. Like you two get together. It's like the two the two left over losers who don't have a lab partner in, in high school. You just got you can't get put together. And you know, there it would be nice of a rivalry form from it, but I think it's yeah. more that like we were the new kid. And they're like you got to you have to be lab partners with Hubert. It's like <laughs> Hubert. Oh, he smells. He's got glasses. It's like well. Now we're already guilty by association. He'll never be prom queen. Yeah. <laughs> Is Gilbert cool? Everybody's like, no, he's not. Sorry. <laughs> enjoy being lab partners with him. But, you know, we had the, yeah, the the first game that we played against them. We had the fight. We had the late fumble. It was our first loss. You're like, okay, maybe this will be the start of something great. We barely beat them the next year. They were bad. And then maybe the most memorable game that we've played against them was Lamar Jackson's year. Like, you know, we're still trying to keep our national title hopes alive. Lamar is the Heisman front runner in late October. And we damn near lose to them when they, I think they were like 1-6. and six. We, we, we had like a late drive. We had a fourth down play. The pass got tipped. We still caught it for a first down, and then we're all setting up for a game-winning field goal. He goes deep to Jalen Smith for it ends up being a touchdown with like six seconds left. Smith gets flipped off by all the, uh, the Zima drinkers in the the Virginia student section. Like that was a very that was a crazy game. First of all, I like how you assume there's Zima, Zima drinkers. Well, that's that's the joke about Zima and Dave Matthews band is the uh, the old Virginia joke. Is it okay? But I, never, I get Zima and Dave Matthews. I didn't think they were combined. They didn't, no, okay. they are only in Charlottesville. Okay. But that was a, a very memorable game. The next year, we start, you know, we, I think we got back to, to beating them pretty handily. And then I guess the only other game that really stands out is the game where they made the huge comeback against us two years ago with Brennan Armstrong, where they won 34-33 and we missed the last second field goal, which really, like, that officially doomed that season for Scott Satterfield. Like, he was, we were having an okay year, and it was like, you know, maybe we can still do something great. And then blowing that game, I think, kind of put to bed any hope that this was going to be a big bounce back year after the disastrous COVID season. That Virginia, that last second, that was like a noon game, wasn't it? It was early, yeah, for sure. I remember being, because I, I hate noon games, I remember being sleepy during it. Like, just groggy during the whole game. Cause what I a great memory to have. I know. Not that I'm not groggy during, like, 
you know, most games in my mind. But Hello, that's what you remember. I was sleepy. <laughs> Nothing about Lamar saving the season. Nothing about no, crazy I mean, last I, second touchdown. Yeah, just, I was more tired than usual. That's how I remember that it was a noon game. Hey, we all have our ways. What's vibrating, by the way? Do you hear that? No. I keep hearing a weird vibration. Anyway. Like, I'm moving the mouse on my like on my computer. I'm like, is that it? Is that what he's hearing? No, 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 no I have no idea what's going on. There's no way. I mean, is there a helicopter? I heard a helicopter flying around by my head today, uh, by my head, by my house this afternoon when I was waking up. It was annoying. I can't wait how dark. Look, I hate the fact that it's already dark at 545, but great for the glow game. Get those glow sticks out, make it out of the stadium, have a good time. How about this real quickly? Yeah. It's 545. We've got about an hour and 45 minutes to kick off. If anybody wants two free tickets, I've got some. Now oh, you, do you? Yeah, text into the show, 502-414-1450, only if you really want them and you're going to use them. No, okay. Don't, don't use them for, like, whatever resale, if you, or if you know somebody who wants them. Text in, first person to correct, to text in, 502-414-1450, no question or anything like that. Just say, I want the tickets, give me your email, I'll have them sent your way. We'll make that happen. Oh, you're nice. Yeah. By the way, the other quarterback I found that list was Malik Cunningham. Top, like, was he top, top, top He's 10? He's 39th, tied with Sean Tucker of, uh, of, Virgin- of, of Syracuse. Syracuse. Yeah. The reason why we got Jawar Jordan. Is it? Well, I mean, yeah, he didn't want oh, to play well, behind yeah, Sean yeah, Tucker yeah, for right. two more true. years. Tucker was pretty good at Syracuse. Too. Tucker was really good. Yeah, I thought he would get a better shot. He's, well, in fairness, the offensive line at Tampa Bay is awful. The Paley guy just texted me. I know, I saw that. I was like, I kind of want to give it to him. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't think he wants him. Or is he, all you have to do is send in your email. 502-414-1450. just put .com on it. <laughs> Texas, I'm thinking of bringing a thank you Cincinnati sign to the Avs game tonight since I'll be in a prime TV spot. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Did you the Avs game? Oh, it's our That's Colorado, our, it's our Colorado guy. guy. Yeah, do it. Yeah. God, that'd be great. Nobody, that, no, no one would get I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, if I did it at AEW, it would been the same thing. be like, oh, I don't, okay. The yeah. other thing, actually, I had this on my list to bring up today. I mean, you know who the Avs are playing tonight. Are they playing Kraken? They're playing the Kraken. Oh, no. I'll be distracted for, I mean, the game starts at 9. So, we so can, will I, apparently. So we'll watch the end of the game. But. But that's it. That's it. I um, Tickets are spoken for, by the way. Well, the Kraken. Tickets are gone. Already? Wow. Yeah, we're good. Uh, are Kraken doing okay right now? I haven't even paid attention. Uh, not great. Okay. They're like 4-6. and six. Abs are amazing. Except when the Abs lose, they lose like 7 to nothing. So not great, but. Texas says, uh, have any other Adidas schools done a glow game? Not like this. So, so NC State had the they had the glow uniforms. I didn't know they were a glow game until you told me. No, they, they weren't a glow game, though. They just had, like, the, the, the uniforms. And they did, then... They did it as a blackout, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Georgia Tech wore them for a 3-30 game against Bowling Green. Yeah, that was hilarious. And they, they, they lost, and it was never even dark. Miami wore them also for their loss. Um, I think it was... I, I may, may, may have been the... The game they lost to Georgia Tech. They wore the uniform, but like they haven't done any of the. Nobody else has done the in-game stuff that we're doing, like the glow sticks and the LEDs and all this stuff. Like it's been just the uniform tops. We've got the the glow in the dark cups. We got the glow in the dark helmets. Like we're doing it up big. If someone, I, I normally don't ask for gifts from listeners, but if somebody goes to the game and gets a glow in the dark cup and they want to send it to the studio, I would be very appreciative. God, you just you would just sit there and the lights off. I would. I I don't, I, I, told, I think I've told you it's like if there's one like like little quirk I have, I do love collectors cups. Like, anytime I go to any event, I'm always buying a souvenir cup. I went to AEW, and I bought a souvenir cup. Of course, I was thinking I was going to get a Louisville basketball one. I get a Louisville women's basketball, which is probably <laughs> that's better. That's, that's good. I was like, I was kind of thinking, I'm going bring this up when I went to it. I was like thinking to myself, that's probably a pro. It's probably better to give the women's team out anyway, but, you know, it's still, I did get that. Yeah, anytime I, I mean, 
I have, sadly, I have boxes, like multiple boxes, just of stacks of cups. Sounds like you got so, multiple boxes of lots of stuff. In I your do. House. I'm, that's one thing I'm bad about, but I do love it. I can't help it. I just, I, anytime I go to an event, I want a souvenir cup. You're a hoarder who doesn't clean their house ever. I, I, I every day I get more and more intrigued about what that inside of your house looks like. Have you you've never been? Have you, have you been to the outside of my house? No, I've, you only sent me pictures. Okay, yeah, you can come over one day. Can't wait because I tried to come over to your house and you wouldn't let me in. We had COVID. Like I'm like I'm worried about that. Texture says, remember, "Hey, remember when I won those soccer tickets and Scoots never sent them and probably used them for himself? That happened. <laughs> he didn't really. No, he didn't. It was not on. He it was not Scoots' fault. He just did not send them. I promise you, Scoots didn't use them. Yeah." It was not Scoots' fault. Scoots does like uh, he does like soccer though. He's a Germany fan. Speaking of soccer, it was a rough night for the U of L men's soccer team last night oh. in the ACC tournament semifinals against Clemson. Started off fine. Uh, cards it was one one through about thirteen minutes. They lost five to one. I think they lost to Clemson four nothing early in the season. Still looks like John Michael Hayden's team has a solid enough resume to get into the NCAA tournament. They're getting healthy. They were so good at the beginning of the year. I think they can do some damage. So hopefully that happens. I hope so too. Um, let's see. Oh. Why, why is Patrick texting me? He didn't text me. Did he? No, no. I have no text from Patrick. Hmm. Maybe he's got a question for you for Round Daddy. Maybe, yeah, he's just doing 680 stuff. That's fine. <laughs> he to text somebody else. By the way, did you say earlier, to be honest with me, that's a quote apparently on the text line that you said. Uh, to be honest with me? Yes. To be honest with me. I think it's your... I should, have, I should have said to be honest with you, right? You're always just doing an... Internal monologue. Well, to be honest with Talking me, I mean, because I don't lie to myself. That's, yeah, I, that's what I said. To be honest with me, I, I wonder what I was referring to. The Somebody brings up the fact that the the, the over-under for tonight's game. A lot of people are talking about how is it. I haven't seen it. Pe- people are, are, are looking at, the I think, what we've done recently and what, uh, I can't pull it up at this, <laughs> on this our internet here. Uh, I, I can pull it up on my phone. I mean, I'll say I could probably go to my phone pretty quick and get it. But the you know, Louisville has been so good, we've only allowed our last, Two opponents to have three total points, and the over/under for tonight's game is 50 points exactly, which seems a bit steep when you look at the way that we've been scoring recently. I, I mean, it, I feel like that's a dummy bet because Virginia is not a dynamic offense, even when they've played well in recent weeks. They've not been scoring a ton of points, and we are, are playing a very vanilla offense at this point. We're, we're trying to play lower-scoring games, and we're not allowing opponents to score anything. 50 does seem a little bit. Steep in the spot, but maybe maybe Vegas knows something that we don't. I mean, they usually do. Just for example, Virginia's. I mean, you go by their average points per game. They average the their average score game is fifty five. Really? Yeah, and they average twenty three points a game. And they average giving up thirty two a game. A lot of that though is the beginning of the year. 40, I know their I mean, first three games: 42-14. Since then, they've only had one game uh, where. where They've where an opponent has scored thirty or more points. I'm weirdly enough, they give up thirty two a game. We score thirty two a game. So I'm assuming the the the, the, the gotta be, yeah. The bookers have automatically thinking we're gonna score thirty five points, say, give or take. And then that me and if Virginia's averaging twenty three, we're averaging giving up sixteen, meeting the middle of twenty, then that's fifty five. Yeah. That, that's where I'm thinking they're going that's that's where I'm thinking their mindset is. To me, I agree. I think it's kind of a I mean, I won on the under on the Virginia Tech game, which I normally don't do over-unders, and I, I just took the under for some reason. I don't know why, and I didn't. I won it barely. Uh, but, yeah, I, that, that's that got to be their mindset. I would I would lean towards taking that under. I, would, I feel more comfortable taking the under tonight than I would taking the uh, 20 points on the line. I, I, for some reason, whatever reason, I think the over my hit tonight. I think it's a, it's a weird line. I don't know. I, I just feel like we're going to – I think we're going to have a big offensive night. Well, if that over hits, it better be because of us. Yeah. 
Yeah. Open, I mean, yeah, because I don't want to shoot out. That's for damn sure. Texas says, could, could Adidas really not figure out glow-in-the-dark infrared uniforms? Do they just not want to be responsible for all the erections they would have caused? I mean, they, they've, would already done the, they've already done the uh, the infrared uh, jerseys. I mean, those things probably glow-in-the-dark. We just didn't know it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Glow-in-the-dark infrared, man. You want to get this fan base up in a tizzy. That would have been that would have been something. I don't even know if that's possible, but my goodness, that would have been wonderful. I mean, if it's a neon red tonight, I'm I'm I mean, my, we're in black. It's a black with like a green hue. I know it's a green. I wish it'd be red and black. That'd be kind of cool. Well, because what's the green up doing? Thing other than just green is like the glow pick color, I guess. Glow beggars can't be glow choosers. <laughs> That's what we found out. I, I just like that it's something different. I feel like we've done. You know, there's only so much you can do for home football games when it comes to like themes. We've done every color out possible at this point, right? Well, that's, that's in our scheme, yeah. I mean, we've done all the color outs, uh, you know, red out, white out. You know, we've, we've done pom poms, we've done the the thunder sticks, we've done we've done all this different. At least this is something different. Like I'm, I'm just yeah. curious to see how it plays out. I'm excited about it. I'm okay. At least we're doing it at nighttime. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be. I think that's why you. Wasn't that our question was like, why would we do it on Virginia? And then we realized like, well, it has to be a night game. Otherwise, we look like buffoons like Georgia Tech. Like Georgia Tech. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you don't plan ahead ahead of time, then you're gonna you're gonna look pretty silly. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, tonight. Biggest key to the game for you. you. You've talked about the nerves that you're feeling, like looking like this may be a little bit of a letdown. Things have been going just too smoothly the last couple of weeks. What is Louisville wins if it does this? Louisville has some trouble tonight if it does that. What do you say? Oh well, I would start with the with the, the latter over the former. And okay. Obviously, the the, the lowest trouble if they turn the ball over. Um, and I don't mean just one. I mean even just one turnover. I think can can be a damper. I mean we talked about it earlier in the show. Braun brought it up. You had three possessions in the second half. You take away one of those with a turnover. I mean you don't have to be you don't have to be me and Matt to know that that's that's a big blow. Yeah. On glow. Uh, so I mean, <laughs> don't you know? That's not how you roll. Say it ain't so. <laughs> <laughs> don't be oh never mind uh so yeah that, that that's obviously number one to me I, I mean one turnover i think we can live with it multiple turnovers i think would be it, it would be very 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 bad even with the virginia team listen they are not good they're two and seven we've discussed it you know they're close wins close losses they're still competitive what's the old analogy they're on scholarship too yeah you know they're, they're, they're going to take it somewhat seriously It'd be very, very bad, assuming that we don't get as many back from them. Right? Exactly, exactly. If we lose it, lose it per- prominently, lose the turnover battle. We win the game. We do just what we do well. We just don't mess anything up. We we stay with the flow on the glow, and we we then I promise you we will roll uh, right over those. You know, who's uh, who's. <laughs> <laughs> It almost worked out, actually. Uh, so yeah, I mean, just control the clock, force, jump up seven nothing, uh, particularly, and then if you're up fourteen nothing, you can pin your ears back and make them. And then where we know they have to pass the ball, even on first and short, and first and short, or second and short. I said short. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then, 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 then we, then, then we may be covering the spread. I, I mean. Like you said, I think it's relatively straightforward. Like I think that if you do what you've been doing the last couple of weeks, and I'm not even saying the defense has to be perfect. Obviously, if we hold them to three points or no points, we're going to win the game. But as long as we run the ball effectively, mm. and as long as we cut out the big mistakes, no big mistakes, success running the ball, I feel like it'll take care of itself. You don't, you don't need to hold Virginia to single-digit points. If they score 17, I feel like we're still going to be in a position where we score 35-38, as long as we do what we do on offense. 
I think getting off to a, a early start has been key. Playing from ahead, especially with this style, is a big deal. I also, I mean, we've been saying this for a few weeks now. I still do think there's going to be a game between now and the end of the season that Jack Plummer has to win you. And it's better for us if we can kind of hide the way that Jeff has been planning to make that happen until we get to Miami, until we get to Kentucky. Because he said, you know, we've been we've worked the last two weeks with these contingency plans. If we fall behind, we've got this game plan for Virginia Tech or we've got this game plan for Duke. And they just haven't had to bust out any of that stuff yet. And that's great. Like, like you know, keep the trick plays in your back pocket. Keep the new sets, the new, the new schemes you have for pa- the passing game in your back pocket. Keep any new plays that you've been practicing that you don't have to use in your back pocket. Beat Virginia in the simplest way possible. Do the stuff you've been doing on offense. Do the stuff you've been doing on defense. Get everybody healthy. And let's you know, pull out all the stops against Miami for what should be a tough road game, I, I think, in a couple weeks. Beat Virginia. Ooh. I can't wait to beat Virginia. All right, picks to click on, on offense. Who has the biggest game for this offense? Who has the biggest game for this defense tonight? Uh, <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you steal that from? I forget. Um, offensively. Everybody does that. I know. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go out on a little a little wild uh, wild one here, and I'm gonna say we we get a blow up game from Reese Turner tonight. I like that. I've been I called it two weeks ago, and I, I think he carried the ball twice. I felt bad about it. I think uh, I think you know I think we've discussed it, and I think we I agree with you, and we brought it up. I think Jawar does get. I can't still get, but that bothers me. He had 14 carries last week. I feel like I only saw t- like three of them, but he did have 14 carries. Um, I don't think he has that many carries tonight. I think maybe seven or eight, not maybe nine. Uh, mostly in the first quarter. Uh, and then Gorendo has a good game, but I think Turner does it both uh, on the screen game and in the in, in on the uh, handoff. Uh, I expect uh, over 100 yards, total yards from him, and at least one touchdown. By the way, Greer hit me up like last Saturday morning and was like, if Jordan's dinged up, who would you rather play in your fantasy lineup, Gorendo or Turner? And I, t- I told him Turner. And like halfway through the game, he's like, you've got to be bleeping kidding me. <laughs> I was like, I said I'm the Jim Calhoun I effed up. Clip. I was like, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Sorry, Greer. I've got I've got the running back from since uh, North Carolina Hamilton, so I'm okay at my other running back position. I'm going with uh, <laughs> defensively. I, I guess I'll go. You take your offense first. I'm going to make the the simple pick and say Isaac Grando back to back weeks. I think he tears it up again tonight and allows us to keep Joar Jordan rested. I, I mean, I think ideally, if you're if you're laying out the ideal game plan, it's Jack Plummer throwing the ball again 14 times, not having to do a whole lot, and Grando going nuts and, and allowing. Uh, people to rest Jawar, uh, Jeff to rest Jawar. I think my my big prediction for this game, bold prediction. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. We get a rushing touchdown tonight from somebody besides Jawar Jordan, Isaac Rendo, or Maurice Turner. Okay, it's happening. It's gonna like happen. maybe a, uh, a a reverse or something or a, a, a jet sweep maybe. Maybe Keywan Brown gets in. Maybe yeah. Mari Huggins rush. Maybe Jack Plummer a little sneak. I don't know. But little, little, uh, little uh, Jack shove. Little Jack shove. We got we got a minute and a half here defensively. Who, who are your eyes on tonight? Uh, I want to be like generic and say the whole line, but I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna say TJ Quinn. I like that. I think Quinn makes uh makes a big play, big uh big third down play. I don't know if we get how many turnovers we get. I don't want to call interception, but I'm gonna say uh. It's got some big, some very timely big plays from our linebacking core, and I'll particularly spotlight DJ on this one. I'm going to go with someone in the secondary. I think that they will purposely put Malik Washington in situations where he's not going head-to-head with Quincy Riley. I'm going to say Cameron Kelly steps up. He, he makes a lot of big plays. I think he'll, he'll be matched up with Washington a number of times. He's kind of a ball hawk. Uh, I think that he steps up and gets a couple of you know just key plays at key moments that keeps Virginia from being able to move the ball effectively. All right, let's get down to it. Oh, Fine. I want to change the Mason Riger. Something about the glow game and him being the walk-on. Oh. It feels like perfect. He streams glow game. He does, dude, doesn't he? Final predictions. we got a kickoff coming your way in an hour and a half. Louisville, Virginia. Who wins? 
What's the score? All right, I, I, I've said this already. I had to score in my head. Uh, I do like Louisville to win. I think it can be. Uh, I think it's going to be similar a little bit to the uh, the Duke game uh, in the way we kind of we do kind of jump ahead, but then we keep it at a snail's pace. Uh, and doesn't while it doesn't look intimidating, it's probably more if you watch it than it does on the scoreboard. That said, I think Louisville wins this game twenty three to ten. Cars do whatever they want on the ground. They run away with this thing. 38-17, 9-1, and 6-1 in the ACC. We're scoreboard watching this weekend. Let's get it done. We're turning things over to the pros now. Enjoy the game coming up in an hour and a half. Go Cards. Oh, yeah. You Beat know Virginia. what we are? Let's go, baby. We ready. Kentucky Alice, only locally owned sports talk.